0: Hello and welcome to episode 11 of Ag My Optics, a podcast where two adults discuss, overanalyze and generally take a toy and media franchise a little too seriously, usually that of Transformers. But no, not today. Instead, we are switching Energon cubes for proton packs, rat traps for ghost traps and collecting toys for collecting spores, moulds and fungus. <laughs> yes, today we're talking about Ghostbusters. I am your Lee, doesn't really want to be here '80s co-host Mariah Gear, <laughs> and I am joined by your young, just starting out after successful Netflix series entirely based on '80s nostalgia and and co-host Virtual Dave. Hello. How you doing, Dave? I'm good. I'm good. Excellent. Good to hear. So, unlike our beloved Transformers, Ghostbusters didn't start life as a toy line. But in time, it grew into a well-known media franchise and has spawned a couple of TV shows, three movies with a fourth about to hit the cinemas, and that all-important toy line. Now, cards on the table here. I don't really give a shit about Ghostbusters outside the 1984 masterpiece (laughs) uh, that, for better or worse, gave birth to the rest of it. However, virtual Dave, he can't get enough of it. So, with that in mind, Dave, it's over to you. Why are we talking about ghostbusters?
1: um well, just like our beloved transformers, it all began in 1984. very true that there was a lot of franchises that kicked off in that year.
0: It was a great year. it's crazy <laughs> Ghostbusters, gremlins, mm-hmm. transformers, obviously so yeah there's, there was yeah there is some synergy between the two in in relation to when they began, because the toy line started in was it 96
1: I think so, yeah, a bit ghostbusters, later. yeah.
0: Not 96, sorry, 86. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Transformers are still going strong then as well. Obviously, that was when the Transformers movie came out. So, you know, there there are kind of crossovers. And, like, the TV show was on at the same time as Transformers. It was another Saturday morning cartoon. There you
1: go. So what do you want to talk about first? Uh, I think we should begin with what is a Ghostbuster? For people who may not know, I don't know how they don't know, but if you don't... (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, okay. So,
0: would you like me to tell you what I think a Ghostbuster is? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, what do you think? Well, I think there's there's two different things here. There's what is a Ghostbuster, mm-hmm. and what are the Ghostbusters. A Ghostbuster mm-hmm. is a schlubby blue collar ghost exterminator slash catcher, but the Ghostbusters are Ray, Egon, and Peter,
1: mm-hmm. and that's it and I, I suppose i suppose also winston <laughs> well yeah i mean i think what i was getting at is just like what's the role there because ghostbusters they're exterminators they're exterminators they're <laughs> paranormal exterminators and well, i think what makes them difference from like other type of shows that have a similar type of premise is that they actually mm-hmm. are doing a service more than you know, necessarily solving mysteries or something. They're actually getting rid of these ghosts from some unwanted, you know, abandoned warehouse or hotel or something. Some grandma has got a ghost in her loft, and they come and get rid of it like cockroaches or you know, some sort of actual yeah. exterminator.
0: Exactly. They're they're running a business. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, they they turn up in their wacky vehicle yeah. and uh, they uh, get rid of your ghost mm-hmm. for
1: a reasonable fee.
0: <laughs> yeah. exactly yeah it's it's a business it's a it's a job Mm -hmm. this is no more true than it is with winston who actually is just doing a job oh yeah he's just employed he just comes along and they go we need a fourth guy (laughs) to carry stuff and explain things so he's
1: just doing it for a wage and he really he really is upon re-watching the the film i was like i never really got it that much as a child but i get it now as an adult it's like he literally just needed a job that was it (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> that was it.
0: <laughs> the other three guys, you know, they kind of birthed the. That's why I said that they're the Ghostbusters, because mm-hmm. he's just. In essence, Winston could be anybody. Yep. Yeah. But he just happens to be Winston Zedmore. But I mean, <laughs> they could have employed anyone. But the other three are integral to the whole, the way it works and the whole business and how it's set up and so on.
1: But as you mentioned it, it was, let's talk about the Ghostbusters. Who are these? You know, who are the main guys?
0: Three out of work scientists,
1: mm-hmm.
0: one eccentric, one over enthusiastic, and one fraudulent. Yep. <laughs> they those those people being in, in that order, Egon, Ray, and Peter. Mm-hmm. Uh, Egon Spengler, Ray oh,
2: Stance. Ray.
0: Stance, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ray Stance and Peter Vateman. Mm-hmm. And then you also have Winston Zedmore, who is a, like like I said before, a guy looking for a job.
1: <laughs> the Ghostbusters well, I mean, I guess it comes around into the movies, which we'll talk about as well, but the ghostbusters themselves, I think is uh it's a nice marriage of the different type of personalities between all of them, like you say, Ray's very enthusiastic and Egon's eccentric and whatnot mm-hmm. and peter well he's peter sarcastic and Winston's kind of like the voice of reason, so like they all kind of balance out each other, yeah, almost like a. I don't know, like a Ninja Turtles type of thing. Like, there's four of them. They all have their different type of personalities. and They clear off each other.
0: Yeah, they all they all fulfil a role. Yeah, um, a very clear role, and they're all kind of integral for for it to work. Mm-hmm. I mean, if it wasn't for Peter wanting to make a lot of money, <laughs> he probably wouldn't have gone into business. And uh, Ray is just super enthusiastic about it all. And as we know, like
1: real Dan Aykroyd.
0: <laughs> Behind the scenes, Dan Aykroyd actually believes in ghosts, actually believes that this stuff's real. So it's it's like a super important thing to him. And Egon is, yeah, like the, the tech guy, as it were. And he's probably the most accomplished scientist of the three. Mm-hmm. And then Winston is there to basically go, what's going on? Why are we doing this? Explain. And if he wasn't, then we'd have a lot of clunky exposition. But because we've got this guy who just kind of coming out off the street and taking this job, mm-hmm. he's like your connection between the very ridiculous characters that are the Ghostbusters and the real world it's set in.
1: I like to think of him as like a translator for any other people, any officials they have to talk to. He has to step in and be like, yeah. what they were actually trying to say is, you know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> and although he has a quite a, a reduced role in the movie, which we'll get onto in a bit. He has got some good lines, he does. and you know, he, and he is he is important, even if you know, poor old Ernie Hudson <laughs> got shafted a little bit, to be honest, in, in regards to the role. But yeah, they're the four main Ghostbusters. I mean, there's no one else. I mean, I suppose you could say, oh, Louis Tully sort of became a Ghostbuster for five minutes.
1: Uh, yeah, I'm... <laughs> I and mean, we we'll will get, get to that when we get to Ghostbusters 2. The films. Well, indeed, the films.
0: One masterpiece of a movie <laughs> and one retreading of that movie called Ghostbusters 2.
1: Um Okay, well Let's do a brief overview. I'll do a brief overview of Ghostbusters Two. You do one of Ghostbusters One, since it's...
0: You don't need to do a brief overview of Ghostbusters Two. You just do a brief overview of Ghostbusters One <laughs> and go, and then they do it again.
1: <laughs> <laughs> go on. <laughs> what do you want me to do? Just tell. Let's tell them what the the beats of Ghostbusters One is.
0: So Ghostbusters One, you opens with um, a scene in. The library in uh, New York, and there's a there's a scary librarian ghost kind of thing happening. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I can't remember the order of what ha- what happens in the movie. Actually, okay. Um, well, well, sure. I'll let
1: you do it. Okay. After that, after they meet their very first ghost, mm-hmm. they get kicked out of the university they're working from. The three Ghostbusters. Ray, Peter, and you gone. That's right. And they. Dean Jaeger! <laughs> that, that guy. That weird line. <laughs> Ray walks in and goes, Dean
0: Jaeger! <laughs> and it's like, what, pardon? But anyway, carry on. Um,
1: <laughs> yeah, so he, he kicks them out of the university for obviously not producing any results in their research. And um, mm-hmm. they go out and, uh, to a bank, I believe, and Ray sells his house or his family's house or gets a second mortgage on it or something. He gets like a third or fourth mortgage
0: <laughs> on it. And there's a great line from um, Egon about how crippling the repayments oh. are going to be. <laughs> yes. But like, Peter's just convinced him to do it.
1: Yeah, yeah. He very much twisted yeah. his arm. Was like, don't worry about all the money. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um.
0: So yes, they decide to go into business. They decide that they that they have a way of catching ghosts. Yeah. And it just so happens to coincide with a
1: a kind of uptick in paranormal activity in the city. Mm-hmm. Yes. Cause some Babylonian Sumerian God is going to come back.
0: Yes. Meanwhile, we've got the storyline with Dana Scorny Weaver, mm-hmm. who is starting to experience some weird paranormal activity, which is why she calls the Ghostbusters. Mm-hmm. And uh, Peter Vateman takes a shine to her, starts being a bit strange
1: very unprofessional (laughs) yes
0: and it turns out that the building she lives in had been built by this guy i've got his name written down somewhere but this guy built the building ego
1: shando or something or evo
0: evo evo Evo. yeah that guy it turns out that this was like a kind of it was built as like a kind of temple to this god or whatever and it's it's deliberately designed as a kind of conduit for paranormal activity or something Mm mm-hmm And she gets possessed by a dog, Mm -hmm. and so does Louis Tully, who's her neighbour, played by Rick Moranis, Mm -hmm. who is fantastic. Mm -hmm. So they both get possessed by these hellhounds, the gatekeeper and the keymaster, and for some reason the two of them have to be present in order to open this gate to another dimension, which Goza will come through, the the, the evil god, Mm -hmm. will come through and will... Basically end all human life you know just <laughs> it's basically a kind of apocalypse kind of situation, isn't it?
1: yes, some sort of um you know end of the world type scenario and uh yeah it's in, it's interesting how the ghostbusters have the um, so I say the interaction with like the police and the the mayor and all the other type of stuff, and I like that really much from the first film, yeah, so much from the second film, but the first film how they they're the the only um only choice for yeah places in government like well you know guns aren't doing anything you know explosives can't get through they've,
0: they've got no choice got in no match, choice they, really
1: I mean I think what
0: makes the movie great they're combating the supernatural mm-hmm. with science mm-hmm. and it's all kind of grounded in realism and the only thing that's silly in this world is the Ghostbusters themselves everything else is Absolutely realistic and played totally straight, mm-hmm. I mean except Lewis Tully, <laughs> but like everything else is just normal people going about normal stuff in a realistic real world environment mm-hmm. and then you just chuck a bunch of ghosts and three guys who think they can they can combat them with these uh sticks that fire laser <laughs> kind of things and so on, and hilarity ensues mm-hmm. so I think that's I think it's really important how kind of grounded it is in reality.
1: I didn't realize um, until I rewatched it recently is that how short it is as well. It, it doesn't um overstay its welcome. It it, it gets to not. the point really quickly.
0: Well, uh, it's I mean this is back when movies weren't 3 hours long. Well, yeah. <laughs> which I to be honest I prefer.
1: <laughs> but they pack a lot into it.
0: Yeah, they do. Yeah, absolutely. It rockets along at a a good old pace mm. and there's no fat on the bone. It's all perfect. And you've got three like giants of comedy like, all at the top of their game Mm -hmm. and it's just it's beautiful it's but it's it's um it was it's lightning in a bottle like it can't be recreated and 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 it's proven later that it cannot be recreated
1: (laughs) i mean that's an interesting point i mean because obviously i wasn't even born when this film came out let alone Mm -hmm. in the years of its main fandom finding its success yeah um so I had no idea that the three main Ghostbusters were comedians, let alone were as big name people. I only knew that many years after. So that's interesting to me.
0: Well, yeah, yeah, they all they all came up through um, Second City in Chicago and and also Toronto and Saturday Night Live. Mm-hmm. Almost everybody, every comedy person in this movie came via that route, including the people that were almost in the movie. Mm. So, originally, it was supposed to be Dan Aykroyd, John Belushi, and Eddie Murphy as the three Ghostbusters. That's correct, yep. But, you no, know, sadly, John Belushi died in 82,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and uh, they had to kind of ch- change things up. Ivan Reitman is the re- director of, um, of, of both Ghostbusters 1 and 2, I believe. Mm-hmm. But he brought Harold Ramis in um, as a writer, mm-hmm. and Ramis then also became a Ghostbuster as well. And again, Ramis knew... Dan Aykroyd, Bill Murray, John Belushi, etc., mm-hmm. from the same scene, from the same comedy clubs. I think Bill Murray was going to be in the movie anyway, but not originally as a Ghostbuster. Mm-hmm. But then they made him a Ghostbuster and they pretty much gave him the role Eddie Murphy was going to have as the kind of like sarcastic kind of comedy lead character.
1: Yeah, I'm so happy that happened because I. I, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I thought that I'd. I know that I don't like Eddie Murphy, but I mean, Eddie Murphy at that point in time, I wonder what the comedy would have been like if he was...
0: Oh, but Eddie Murphy at that point in time was brilliant.
1: I mean, he was, but I mean...
0: Yeah, it would be a completely different movie. It would be very different. (laughs) And then I think they expanded Bill Murray's role a bit, Mm -hmm. which resulted in... Ernie Hudson's role getting shrunk
2: quite a lot.
0: <laughs> the Winston character was meant to have more of a role in the movie originally. Right. Only, only in researching this, I didn't know that John Candy was originally going to be Lewis Tully. Yeah,
1: he was. Yeah, he didn't He didn't want to do it. Or well, he couldn't get the accent right or something. They didn't agree with... I think with... It,
0: was some, it was something to do with the way he was playing the character. Yeah. Ivan Reitman was, wasn't very happy with it or something. Mm. So they let him go. And then Rick Moranis auditioned. And at one point, Pee Wee Herman was going to play Gozer as well. <laughs> I didn't know that. Okay. Uh. <laughs> Quite Please, that didn't happen. <laughs> that would have been very strange.
1: My oh, well, I guess we hit the beats of the first one. What about the second film? Exactly
0: the same beats, <laughs> only this time we have a bloke in a painting. Uh, y- yeah. I... <sighs> it's the same movie. Beat by beat, there's an equivalent scene to every scene from the first movie it's
1: it's identical there is because there's even the thing like i was saying before about them the mayor yeah
0: it's just not as funny and it's not as good
1: see now this is a problem that me and uh orion have because <laughs> i have no recollection of which film i saw first but i know i've seen ghostbusters 2 more than ghostbusters 1 right and i know that i watched it on again and another story of a vhs tape but it was recorded off the tv hmm I think on that VHS tape was Ghostbusters 2, Beetlejuice, uh, maybe Supergirl or The Great Outdoors, one or the other. Uh-huh. And I used to watch that all the time. So my bias for Ghostbusters 2 was quite high. Um,
0: <laughs> yeah, I can understand that because Ghostbusters 2 is not a bad movie. It's just a very lazy one. But
1: what I found out about Ghostbusters 2 and why I think it's, the differences were there because of what happened in between. Well, yeah. I didn't know this growing up, and I didn't really... Think about the time between the two films. Four years. Because nowadays a sequel comes out... Five years, sorry. Straight away, yeah, five years. That's a long time for a sequel.
0: It was stuck in kind of production hell during that time. I think they wanted it to come out earlier than that. But Bill Murray was already committed to starring in Scrooged.
1: Right, yeah.
0: A better movie than Ghostbusters (laughs) 2. Okay. (laughs) And they couldn't start filming with him until he'd wrapped on that. I think. Right. And afterwards, because of the way that the rights were split up on Ghostbusters, the original Ghostbusters, Reitman, Murray, Aykroyd and Ramis Mm -hmm. all had to uh, unanimously approve the script because they were equal partners as creators of Ghostbusters. Mm -hmm. They disagreed over the script quite a lot. So it took a long time for all of them to go, Okay, we'll make this. This is the, this. Is, this script's all right. So, along with the fact that Bill Murray was not so wedded to the idea of Ghostbusters as the rest of them, mm-hmm. and then them all having to agree, it took a lot longer for them to. And it possibly does show in the writing and the story. And it, I mean, it, it does it does show during the movie that Dan Aykroyd, not Dan Aykroyd, that Bill Murray doesn't really seem to want to be there.
1: He doesn't even in like. Um... You know, I've been posting pictures of the my Ghostbusters toys recently. Mm-hmm. I've been looking at some of the posters and promotional material for Influence, and you can just see it in the pictures at the time like he just did not want to be there. Like I agree
0: because I looked at that, I saw that on your Instagram. And do you think he is even there? Like I mean that picture that the the one they use on the posters where they've got um, mm-hmm. is Egon in the middle at the bottom, and then you've got winston and ray the side with the kind of gunge guns and then mm-hmm. you've got peter at the back aiming a, a proton gun thing what mm-hmm. I, forgot, I forgot what they're called now
1: wand yeah proton one
0: <laughs> honestly they changed the name of that thing so much <laughs> yeah if you look at bill murray's head it looks like it might be superimposed on that body. I mean, I... it looks like it could just be have been taken off of a still from Scrooged or something, <laughs> put on top. Like honestly, it's it's hard to say it's actually him. I mean, it, it, I mean did they have that level of Photoshop? Back then? Of course, I of course, of course they did. It's only a poster, isn't it? I have my suspicions, but it could could easily just have been a, a regular photo. But I don't know. His head's kind of turned to one side, and it it looks like it could it looks a little iffy. I've got to say.
1: It's um, it would it would be the worst thing for that for them to have done that on because that image is the image for Ghostbusters too. It's even on my record. It's on everything related to that film.
2: Yeah, but
0: you know how you sometimes see promotional <laughs> images for things and they and they don't stick. Mm. You know, they they may not have expected that one to stick, and they, and it did. That's
1: true. You know. Yeah. Yeah. They could have had several others, but they landed with that. What I also found interesting about. The first film was that they wanted to do a lot of the stuff they did in the second film. So, whatever got cut out of the first film, they did it in the second one. They weren't initially going to do an origin story. They were going to start off as the Ghostbusters being these type of um, guys who have saved the world many times, but now they're just, you know, uh-huh. out on their luck and whatnot. That's how the first one was going to start.
0: Well, I mean, the first, I mean, the original draft is crazy. It's, it was set in space. It was very, yes,
1: very different. <laughs>
0: Yeah, very, Yeah, and apparently there were, like, Ghostbusters everywhere.
1: It was a franchise,
0: yeah. Yeah, there was as plumbers. <laughs> so, like, yeah, I guess, I guess there's a little bit of that. You know, like I said, Ghostbusters 2 is, is good, mm-hmm. but it's just lazy in that it's just a kind of redo of the first movie. <laughs> it doesn't take any risks. It's a, it just plays it as safe as possible.
1: Mm-hmm. And, and as a result, it killed the franchise. Killed the franchise? You think so? Well, what happened afterwards? stuff like nothing for like 25 years or something <laughs> so, exactly <laughs> um, but there was not that wasn't the the whole reason of that wasn't that just down to bill murray not wanting to do another film because he didn't like ghostbusters 2
0: well yeah because he's right
1: yeah i mean well he didn't want to he didn't want to do ghostbusters 2 really no they had to force him really like I, I, yeah apparently wasn't it to the detriment of his friendship with harold ramus or something that he they kind of had a falling out
0: They did fall out. I don't know whether it was over Ghostbusters, but they definitely fell out. No, because they worked. No, it was during um, Groundhog Day. Oh, okay. Because Harold Ramis directed Groundhog Day. Mm -hmm. And uh, obviously Bill Murray is the main character in Groundhog Day. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it was during making of that that they fell out. Okay. And they didn't reconcile that until he was on his deathbed or something. Ramis, that is.
1: I think it's, um, that's been a thing for, for fans for many years of the, the band getting back together mm. to have another installment, if anything, to close out the Ghostbusters properly. Because even if people didn't yeah. like number two, they probably would want more of a resolution to see whether, what happened with the Ghostbusters.
0: I mean, I don't think it's necessary, but you know, there you go.
1: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> well, we'll get onto that later about what might be happening, but. What do you think about uh, the films overall, though? Like,
0: I think Ghostbusters One, Ghostbusters, mm-hmm. is an absolute masterpiece. It's a an amazing movie and completely original at the time. Like, well, is it? <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, a a, a comedy sci-fi movie mm-hmm. about basically ghost exterminators. I mean, it's it's a pretty in original concept. <laughs>
1: And I didn't um, I don't know why the dates never really clicked in my head like that. But the two Ghostbusters 2 came out the same time as Tim Burton's Batman. Yeah. And that is another reason why it (laughs) didn't do very well.
0: (laughs) It got beaten by Batman. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Whereas the Ghostbusters 1 was the biggest movie that year. It was. Yeah. (laughs) It made a hell of a lot of money. Mm hmm. It spent like seven weeks at number one in the box office. Wow. It was the second highest grossing film of 1984.
1: That's impressive with what was in 1984.
0: (laughs) Yeah, well, Beverly Hills Cop was the highest grossing. Wow. Which, Eddie Murphy, Mm -hmm. you see. However, because it got re-released in the US and Canada, it eventually surpassed Beverly Hills Cop as the highest grossing comedy movie of the 80s. Uh Wow. Of the entire decade, <laughs> and there are plenty of comedy movies mm-hmm. in uh, in the eighties. Plenty of very good comedy movies mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, it was, it was a massive hit. Which Ghostbusters two, it was a it was a hit, <laughs> but it didn't make as much money as Ghostbusters, and it cost more money to make.
1: There was a lot more, yeah, going on Ghostbusters two. More effects,
0: um, yeah. And- Although not, I don't think that that they're more impressive. I think they're more cartoony and stupid. But do you know why that is? The cartoon.
1: Yep. <laughs> yeah, the cartoon was the uh, the saving grace of the the name and the franchise, keeping it in public eye for, for five years in between. And that's what because they wanted to kind of appease people who liked the first film and the people who the kids growing up enjoying the cartoon.
0: I think it detrimentally affected uh, Ghostbusters too. You think so? Yeah, because it was more kid-friendly and more kind of family-friendly, and it was... There wasn't a point in Ghostbusters 2 where Ray receives a blowjob o- of a ghost. <laughs> I mean... I mean, not that I wanted that, is, but, is, you know... Was it necessary? I mean, even to this day, I'm like... And they were smoking all the time in the first movie, they weren't in the mm-hmm. second... Mm-hmm. I don't know, I'm not really checked. I imagine there's a bit less swearing.
1: There is, yeah.
0: They made the slime purple to match the 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 toys. toys. And they even kind of of changed the uniforms a little bit here and there. And they introduced all these new ghost-busting devices (laughs) for no reason. (laughs) Just like, oh, we're just going to have this stuff because, you know, we might make toys of it. (laughs) I mean, that whole kind of positively charged slime stuff was like, why was it even there? It didn't need to be. How did it have any relation to Vigo at all? It didn't make an awful lot of sense. It's just, oh, we've just decided there's a river of slime under the city because Vigo says so. And Vigo needs to take over a baby, but he can also just become real. So (laughs) does he need to take over a baby?
1: Um, I don't know. There's a lot of questions about the bad guy. And kind of both films, really, because this something I want to talk about about the films is the villains. In some regard... I like goza in Ghostbusters One because he or she is very mysterious and
2: yeah,
1: you know in all intents and purposes is probably some sort of god of destruction, but it doesn't really do much in the film let alone is on screen for very long, and
0: well uh, yeah, but that's I think that's
1: that's good uh, yeah i mean i I think in the parameters of ghostbusters, I think it works out fine, and I like that the stay off Marshmallow Man mm-hmm. takes over as a, you know, the imposing threat of the final act. Well, you know, I mean, the stay off Marshmallow Man is Gozer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a manifestation of the Destroyer or whatever. Yeah, I like that, but I also, I also like that Vigo was involved from the beginning of Ghostbusters too, and he was trying all these different ways of getting the baby. Even from the opening scene, he was trying to. Take the carriage into the street, into where the slime is. I, I mean, I, I don't know where he was taking it, but
0: was he though? Because he, um what was Yanesh what, Yannis
2: mm-hmm.
0: is his name. Yanesh? Mm-hmm. He didn't suggest taking Dana's baby until halfway through the movie. So what? Vigo just just knew he had to steal Dana's baby. What? Why is Dana even in the movie? <laughs> Dana doesn't need to be in the movie. They just put her in because they want her back. Like. <laughs> It, it it's it's so tenuous so like, oh dana's dana's got a baby now and obviously she's going to be the center of another massive paranormal event in new york city it it's just note note for note like it doesn't need didn't need her to be there honestly it'll be a good experiment to do actually put ghostbusters 1 on one screen and ghostbusters 2 on another screen and watch them simultaneously and see how each scene is mirrored mm. because I've seen them do this um red letter media is a is a fantastic YouTube channel stroke just well they're not just on YouTube but you can watch yourself on YouTube and they've done a, a review of uh, ghostbusters they've done some other stuff about ghostbusters I I'll, I'll put my hands up and say some of the stuff I've said in this podcast <laughs> I pretty much got from them but I just so agree with it so much that had To say it, but um, they did the same, a similar thing where they put, I think it was Transformers mm-hmm. Dark of the Moon mm-hmm. and the third one. Is Dark of the Moon the third one? What's the one? Dark of the Moon is the third one. What's the second one then? Um, Revenge of the Fallen, right? They put those three on simultaneously on three different screens mm-hmm. and and watch them simultaneously. It's on YouTube, I'll send you the link. Mm-hmm. And they comment on how. They're essentially the same movies. They are. Everything happens at the same time. <laughs> like, look, 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 it's, it's now cut from here to them, and it's doing it on this one. <laughs> and you could do that. You could probably do that with Ghostbusters 1 and 2, because it's, it's built the same. It's the same building blocks.
1: You probably could. I mean, even just doing it in my head mentally, even, like, where the montage is and how yep. they officially come back and yep. how they come back, uh, how they start in the first one.
0: yes. And then they get sent to prison. They get sent to prison, yep. or they get sent to a mental asylum. What, what difference does it make? <laughs> they get shut down, they got, they get opened up again, the, the mayor has to call them in again, the mayor has to call them in again. It's the same.
1: Wasn't there some sort of weird fan theory that these movies exist within the diehard movies? Because that guy at that prison, the police officer who tells them the mayor wants to see them in the first one, is the same police officer in the diehard films
0: i mean maybe <laughs> but that does it matter uh, oh it's, it's
1: not my theory <laughs>
0: is it the, what is it the same cop that
1: uh it's the same actor and he plays the same same type of cop i suppose i don't know
0: <laughs> is it the cop that uh the main character in Die Hard, I'm forgetting his name uh john coltrane no not coltrane
1: john mclean <laughs> the one he's talking to from outside the building.
0: And the movie's sort of sort of about those two falling in love with each other.
1: Yeah, they're bromance and, you know,
2: yeah.
0: This is surprisingly correct. Reginald Vell Johnson did play the cop who informs the Ghostbusters that the mayor wants to see them and lets them out of jail in 1984's Ghostbusters. Four years later, he plays a cop called Al Powell, who is main character John McClane's contact with the world outside Nakatomi Plaza in Die Hard. Could it be the same cop? It's also worth noting German wrestler and boxer turned actor Norbert Grupp played one of the terrorists dispatched by Bruce Willis's character in Die Hard, only to reappear one year later as the big bad of Ghostbusters 2, Vigo the Carpathian. Coincidence? If it's the same guy, that's fine. Why not? That's a nice little <laughs> Easter egg in a way, I guess. But they weren't made by the same film studio, I don't think. So I don't think that it's...
1: No, I don't think connected so. Connected
0: in any way. Happy accident, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's 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 a good movie, but it's a lazy movie. And it doesn't take any risks. And really, that's what they needed to do. And I mean, also, you've painted yourself into a corner. If you make if you make the second movie like a retread of the first movie, mm. are you going to do that with the third movie? <laughs> are we going to keep resetting? Because what's also very weird about Ghostbusters 2 is how everyone's just forgotten that there were ghosts. Uh... Like five, year, five years ago, the entire city was under siege from ghosts. There was ghosts all over the shop, mm-hmm. all over the telly. There was a bloody great big ghost battle on top of a skyscraper. <laughs> and everyone just seems to have forgotten. Uh... They're like, oh, I don't believe in ghosts anymore. You only saw them five years ago.
1: I get, I get, I, the only thing that I could, um, I could place why that happened... Is because when they got rid of Gozer, all of that supernatural activity died down. However, mm. Walter Peck also um, turned off their containment grids, so all the ghosts they captured before, yeah, you know, in their lovely montage, would have gone back to their yeah, places yeah. of manifestation or just gone off wandering around. So, well,
0: I would, <laughs> I would imagine that the Ghostbusters spent the six months after <laughs> that event mopping all that up. <laughs>
1: It actually, they do talk about it in Ghostbusters too, don't they? They talk about how they got um, sued by all these different companies. And yeah, then, well, the city sued them, and, and so they on, weren't yeah. allowed. They weren't allowed to use their equipment anymore, or like if they could, they all had to be switched off or something. When they were talking about in court, like. They're... Well, I mean,
0: they, I mean to be honest, they were like. There's that great scene in the first movie when they're in the lift, <laughs> and they switch. Um, is it this? They switch Egon's on, or is it Ray's? I think it's Ray's. Um, yeah. yeah, it's right. They switch Ray's proton <laughs> back on, and uh, Egon has some line about we're all wearing unlicensed nuclear um, accelerators mm. on our back. <laughs> like, so, so even their their equipment's illegal. <laughs> so it's not that surprising.
1: Yeah, I do like that scene because when he turn it on, they all kind of like move away from him in the elevator. Yeah, like that's gonna
0: help. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, oh, right, okay, uh, you're only, you know, if it, that blows, it blows, <laughs> like, you know. Uh, no, I mean, so, yeah, I can understand why they all got sued, because they weren't really playing by the rules. No. <laughs> Most of what they were doing was borderline illegal.
2: <laughs> My,
0: My favourite part of Ghostbusters 2, mm-hmm. bits, the bits that I really like are the bits before they become
1: Ghostbusters again. Oh, where, where they're all off doing their own things.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. The first act, which is like what they're they're getting on with now, it's five years later and um, the bottom fell out of the Ghostbuster business Mm -hmm. and uh, they never got paid for um, saving the city and all this (laughs) kind of stuff. I like that. Mm -hmm. That bit's really good. And like Egon's, the stuff Egon's doing is really fun and (laughs) he's got some great
1: lines. (laughs) Yeah, I found that so interesting that Egon was, well, testing or experimenting with emotions from the beginning. Like, he was actually looking in how environment and all that affects emotions.
0: Yeah, a bit bloody convenient. Eh? well. <laughs> but yeah, I, I do like that stuff. But then they go back to being Ghostbusters and it just, I don't know, it feels to me, I mean, I can understand why you liked Ghostbusters too when you did, because you maybe you saw it first or they both existed at the same time. Mm. But it came out five years after the first movie, mm-hmm. and the novelty of Ghostbusters is kind of worn off, and that perfect storm that was happening in that first movie—uh, Dan, not Dan Aykroyd, um, Bill Murray improvised most of his lines in the first movie.
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: they were on fire. It was brilliant, <laughs> and it was just—and it was just a perfect little sem- simple story that they hung all this kind of really good comedy off of. The threat of the supernatural is real and serious, and Dan Aykroyd takes that supernatural stuff deadly serious and then you've got ray and egon doing all the detailed and realistic world building by introducing all the mythology that underpins the threat they face of gozer and so on and so forth um Mm -hmm. uh and then you have obviously winston there to kind of go what uh how (laughs) and that's great what i love about that is you build all of this kind of um backstory and mythology and kind of a apocalyptic kind of doom and dread, mm-hmm. which makes it all the more funnier when Peter doesn't give a shit. <laughs> that, that, that kind of epitomises what's so perfect about that first movie.
1: Mr. Mr. Staphoff, so a sailor, he's in New York. Yeah, <laughs> Get
0: yeah exactly. 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 <laughs> he just takes the mick. Constantly takes the mick out of Egon and Ray. <laughs> for, for taking all this stuff too seriously. And he's also kind of, he's like Teflon. They they get in all kinds of trouble and he kind of gets away with it. Just like at the end, when they're all covered in marshmallow and he's got like a little bit on his shoulder.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh God, yeah, that's something I want to talk about. That was like a proper ending of Bugsy Malone or something. Why is it just him that was...
0: It's for comedy effect. <laughs> it's deliberate, it's deliberate. Because he's the one who's just like, treating it like a, a bit of a little, a little excursion, a little bit of fun.
1: Because I, I remember, I, I actually, actually, that wasn't one of um, my notes. It was, I looked at um, where they were standing when the explosion happened, and it didn't make sense to me why Peter was the only one who wasn't covered in anything.
0: Of course it doesn't make sense. <laughs> it's not supposed to make sense. It's supposed to be funny.
1: <laughs> All right, Ghostbusters 2. The ending uh, with Ray being possessed by Vigo, right at the end. Mm. Did that ever leave question marks with you?
0: No, I think it was just something that was... Um, I reckon it was something that was going to be part of the movie that they then they changed their mind and just left that bit in.
1: That's exactly what they did. Apparently there was a whole other scene when they first went to the museum all together and Ray was mm-hmm. looking at the painting you can tell something happened to him. Yeah. Um there's a whole maybe a whole scene where he's driving the car and um like really sporadically and saying he's going to kill everybody and crashes the car but Winston has to like punch him to snap him out of it.
0: Yeah, because some of him driving sporadically is in in it, isn't it?
1: Yes, and that's in they put they just cut that scene and put it in the montage.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I did hear about this actually. <laughs> Yeah, uh, there was also a, a, a lot more stuff with um, Rick Moranis chasing after Slimer in the original cut.
2: In,
1: in the, yeah, in the fire station, yeah. Yeah.
0: Did you know that it was Sigourney Weaver's idea that she would turn into a dog?
1: No, That's some sort of aliens reference? Or no, <laughs>
0: she came up with it. I think she said to Ivan Reitman, like, maybe I could be possessed and I could turn into this dog. And she started acting. She got up on this. This is when she was like, not well, they basically wanted her to do the part anyway. But when she was kind of auditioning, she got up on the table and started acting like a dog and like, you know, and like, and, and they were like, yeah. And then, and that whole idea of, um, because apparently they had the Keymaster and, um, Gatekeeper idea kicking around for ages.
2: Mm. Um,
0: but they, weren't quite sure how they were going to work it into the movie, and it wasn't until Sigourney Weaver suggested that she's possessed, Mm. that they went, oh yeah, okay, maybe we could have you both possessed by the gatekeeper and the keymaster, and that could be how we get these two elements into the
1: movie. It's interesting.
0: Because apparently, they hadn't got an awful lot of time to get the movie written, and Ivan Reitman and uh, Harold Ramis went off to some summer house somewhere um, in the Hamptons or something, smoked a lot of dope and <laughs> wrote the rough script. And there were yeah, there were lots of bits of it just that weren't finished uh, when they came back. Uh, so they had to kind of like work it out, kind of on the hop.
1: Yeah, isn't that when they involved Dan more to like fill out all the oh bits and pieces? Or was he there?
0: Dan, Dan just came up with the initial idea, didn't he? And then <laughs> Ivan went, no, we can't do this. No, this is stupid. This doesn't make any sense. And basically re- rewrote it. It's
1: like, my name's in the line here. <laughs> We're yeah. not doing I this. mean,
0: Dan def- Dan Aykroyd is, is super important to the making of that movie. But mm. if, if we'd seen Dan Aykroyd's Ghostbusters, I don't know if we'd be sat here talking about it.
1: The montage in the first one, even as a child, I do remember this, that where well, they have their their montage of showing them being Ghostbusters and catching all these ghosts in the first film, yeah. they have like flashes of newspaper articles um, mm-hmm. in the montage, and one of them is a shot from the ending of the film, and that always needs to get me, because that <laughs> same picture is on the box of the VHS, so I was like, well, how? What, how? Yeah.
0: <laughs> is interesting. I didn't notice that. <laughs> Um, and they've just, but they, it is weird that how in... Sorry, go
1: on. It's a shot of all four of them shooting the beam at the doorway. And they've just kind is of it? cut Winston okay. out. So it's just the three of them because Winston isn't introduced yet. <laughs> That's weird. Why would they do that? I have no idea. Like, Surely you had other pictures to pick from.
0: Yeah, okay. But I mean, what I I do think find it interesting that in Ghostbusters 2... Mm-hmm the Ghostbusters song exists in the world of Ghostbusters.
1: Okay.
0: How? The Who You Gonna Call Ghostbusters Ray Parker Jr. song yeah. is in the movie as a song that that they play on a tape deck. Oh, yes. Yes, yes. <laughs> hmm. So that song exists in the world of Ghostbusters.
1: I guess they they hired him for franchise rights. I don't know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Sorry. So yeah, they made they Ray Parker Jr. in Ghostbusters world made this song, and uh, and released it. Probably, I assume after the events of the first movie. I never
1: thought of it that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> so they have their own pop single, which they then play at children's parties.
1: <laughs> um, without with the children not being very happy about, apparently.
0: I liked that. That was good. I quite like that. I thought that, like I say, I really like that first act. It's some of the funniest stuff is in there. It all starts to fall to pieces um, the moment you see Janine. I think
1: because <laughs> she's she's very much the real Ghostbusters Janine with the red hair.
0: Yeah, she's com- She's had a complete character
1: reassignment. She likes Lewis now instead of Egon.
0: Yeah, um, which doesn't make an awful lot of sense. Even in the
1: cartoon, she was very much in love with Egon, so I don't get why they changed that.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, and they did kind of... Not really. I think somebody read a bit too much into the scene in the first movie where she said, where she's kind of saying to Egon, like, I'm really psychic about this. I think you're going to die or something like that. Um, and it, it felt, felt like they were kind of closer than... Than the other people were, but uh, I don't think there's ever meant to be a, a romance. I mean, I... in fact, the original draft of the movie had no women in it and no romance. <laughs> and that was all added by Ivan Reitman. In fact, I, I would say he's largely responsible for how good Ghostbusters is because he convinced Dan Aykroyd to change it mm-hmm. to a kind of turning it into a kind of going into business story with a kind of a comedy with like sci fi elements, but in. A realistic world so he completely changed the setting and the setup like it, it's it's as much Ivan Reitman's movie as it is Dan Aykroyd's or or Harold Ramis's because Harold Ramis is obviously a writer on it as well Bill Murray just turned up and was funny
1: <laughs> it, yeah because a lot was going to be different about the film and it's interesting how that parallels and like you're saying in one of your favorite scenes with the Ghostbusters 2 with the kids is that mm. it's his son who's standing up and saying my dad tells me that you guys you know are crap or full of crap or something mm-hmm. and it's Ivan son and who later became a film director and he's going to be directing and he's directing the is <laughs> directing Afterlife For Life. yeah yeah so um, it's really interesting it's nice that
0: yeah it's it's, it's as much his film good.
1: slash creative child as the rest of them
0: yeah I guess what we should talk about is that it wasn't originally going... To, well, it might not have been called Ghostbusters at one point. Yeah. Um, it was almost called Ghost Breakers. <laughs> because of... Um, because of... Because of the Film Nation, TV show and cartoon. Well, cartoon came later.
1: Yeah, for the film... Um, I don't know when it came out, though. The live action film, and then they had the cartoon, right? Wasn't it a TV series? Was, was it a TV series?
0: pretty sure Ghost... Film Nation's live-action thing was a TV series rather than a movie, but I might be wrong. Okay. It was a TV series, a sitcom on children's television that aired just 15 episodes in 1975. So Columbia were trying to get the rights to the name off of Film Nation, and they were not really playing ball for quite some time. Mm -hmm. So they they recorded a lot of the movie, well, some of the movie, using the name Ghostbusters and Ghostbreakers no. <laughs> in the hope that they would get Ghostbusters. But if they didn't, they had to, you know, they weren't going to go and overdub all the times they said Ghostbusters. So they were d- like double recording scenes. You know, they had, they, you know, in the first movie, they, when they put up the sign on the um, on the firehouse, yeah, yeah. really rubbish looking sign as well. <laughs> yeah. like, it's just like a kind of, a, it looks like someone's done it in like a big felt tip, but like, yeah, they had one that said Ghostbusters and one that said Ghostbreakers. Okay. But fortuitously, in a way, I've got it... What's his name? Frank Price. He was the CEO of Columbia. Mm-hmm. And he was, he was trying to get the license off of Universal, who owned Film Nation. Mm-hmm. And they're having trouble. And then Coke, Coca-Cola, took over Columbia. Right. And then Coca-Cola were like, oh, this movie's a bit expensive. Mm-hmm. We're not sure about this, you know comedy movies don't normally make a lot a lot of money or as mm-hmm. much money as as we would hope, so they were kind of they almost shot the movie down mm-hmm. and they forced Frank Price out as CEO of Columbia. but where did he go to work? Universal, so when he got <laughs> to Universal, he said, "Just sign the deal, let
1: him use the name
0: <laughs> because he'd been working on the rights in the first
1: place, wow. Yeah. Had a guy on the inside. <laughs> well,
0: he switched companies and w- w- went to the company that owned it, and went, "Well, do you mind selling it to them? Because you know this movie they're making is really good. <laughs> it was quite good, but yeah, it was interesting that yeah, Coca-Cola almost shut the movie down.
1: It's interesting that Coca-Cola owned a movie studio in the eighties. Mm.
0: Coca-Cola is still a multi-million-dollar company, isn't it? So
1: yeah, it's not surprising, really. I suppose. <laughs>
0: My op- the logic of Ghostbusters 2 in general is that it's a lot it makes a lot less sense than the first movie.
1: Yeah, a lot of the stuff they took from the cartoon mm. is evident in Ghostbusters 2 because it's it pushes stuff a lot further than it did in the first film.
2: Yeah,
0: and I mean we already talked about the fact that they turned the the turn slime pink mm-hmm. or purple and they make Janine look more like the cartoon version and they play up some of the more kiddy elements. And it's a little bit more fantastical and a little bit a little bit less believable than the first movie. The whole slime thing—it doesn't make an awful lot of sense. That kind of like you know mood slime stuff. Um, I guess it seems to do different things to different different stuff. <laughs> Sometimes it makes a toaster jump up and down,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but other times it turns into a weird a weird bath moppet. Mm-hmm. That looked terrible. That was really.
1: You really think incredible. so? I thought that was a pretty good effect. It's like a, it's like a giant tongue, you know, it's in the way the, the bath is. The... Exactly, <laughs> it just looked like a cartoon.
0: It looked like it looked like a cartoon. had appeared in the real world.
1: That's what's happening. That's what's happening in this film.
0: <laughs> but so it does that, but then it can also turn the the turn the Statue of Liberty into a real person for a short amount of time. But like. It made the toaster jump up and down. So shouldn't the Statue of Liberty be jumping up and down? Like, I don't understand. There's no logic to how the slime works. <laughs> it just does whatever you want it to do. And also, they clearly didn't have nearly enough slime to spray the inside of um, of the Empire of sorry of, of Statue of Liberty. Mm. They had like two canisters of it. <laughs> oh, up, oh, yeah, done. And then and then why did they have a joystick to control her?
1: Because Nintendo. But what how does that
0: work? What's the interface there? Like it, it, the logic is really mental. It's all over the place in Ghostbusters too. It doesn't really make an awful lot of logical sense. They just just do things because they want to do things. It's fine, but I, I I don't think it holds together as well as the first movie.
1: What what bothers me about Ghostbusters two is the little the little impractical things. Like I get all of that. Like you're talking about the logic, but like stuff like mm. the. Um, Empire Statue of Liberty Statue of Liberty (laughs) walking down um, you know through New York and getting to the museum and when they crash into it it's leaning on top of the museum Mm -hmm. having crashed the light on top of it but then later on with um, Lewis outside you see it's lying down on the street oh is it Uh... so either it fell over (laughs) yeah and killed a bunch of people <laughs> and how do they how do they put it back? How do they put it back? Uh, do they get more slime? Yeah, this is,
0: it was. I think it was just like right. We had the Off Marshmallow Man in the first movie,
1: so we've got to have another big thing walking around. Oh, you're. Uh, so that's the thing you were talking about that was scary. Rewatching it, the Stapoff mm-hmm. Marshmallow Man is unsettling at how he's smiling at you. <laughs> it's so creepy. <laughs> <griefily. laughs> <laughs> I think he's
0: great. I, I love the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. I'm not looking forward to the idea of tiny little cute ones in the new movie. But
1: yeah,
0: he was brilliant. It's just this giant, great, big, happy sailor guy. And it's 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 laugh out, loud funny when you see it for the first time. And he's also menacing.
1: Very menacing.
0: So, yeah,
1: no, it's it's brilliant. No, sorry. You're saying, yeah. For...
0: Yeah, they just it, it just they went, oh, we need to have another big thing walking down the street,
1: so we'll yeah. do that.
0: The only purpose it served was to get into the into the museum.
1: Yeah, they needed the good. They needed the, the positive. Yeah, they needed it. to
0: it needed to inspire everybody to be positive.
1: Which I, I now I'm watching it more um, closely, I didn't mm. really ever notice that the slime encasing the museum actually is dissipating as it gets closer to it. So it, it the shell breaks before they even hit it. The hitting is just to get in to the museum itself
0: it totally goes away when they all start singing uh Art yeah yeah it's not so even on. This,
1: it fades away type of thing. yeah but yeah
0: i think we've spoken about those movies enough now <laughs> that's right <laughs>
1: My we wanted to talk about the music as well so the music
0: as in the ghostbusters theme tune or the music for the movie
1: uh both i guess
0: well, let's talk about the theme tune first and foremost. I don't think I'm making any outrageous claims as saying it's one of the most recognisable movie theme tunes ever written.
1: I would say so. Yeah. Um,
0: Ray Parker Jr. It was it was a big hit. It really was. Ray Parker Jr.'s Ghostbusters was a number one hit in the U.S. and stayed there for three weeks, spending a total of twenty one weeks in the U.S. charts. It fared well in many countries worldwide, including the UK, where it spent 11 weeks in the top 10 and three weeks at number two, kept off the top spot by Stevie Wonder's I Just Called to Say I Love You, which, coincidentally, the song also lost out to at the Oscars, where Stevie picked up the Best Original Song Award over Ray and Ghostbusters. I used to Mm -hmm. play it in the discos when I was a kid.
1: Okay,
0: Yeah, school disco. (laughs) That'll be on. Along with Black Lace and... um, superman and all those all those all those other <laughs> stupid songs with stupid dance routines not that ghostbusters really had a dance routine but you know what i mean
1: yeah well all walking in a circle pointing at different people as you walk that's the dance isn't it is it
0: <laughs> i don't know i thought it was walking down the street pointing like that. yeah
1: yeah that's what i mean yeah side to side
0: <laughs> well yeah there you go so yeah i think it's a good it's a great pop song it's a great pop song That allegedly rips off Huey Lewis and the news, (laughs) which I think I must have been vaguely aware of at some point. But it wasn't until you mentioned it to me that I was like, controversy, what controversy? And looked it up and I was like, oh, yeah. (laughs) And like the song that it is allegedly ripping off, which is um, I Want a New Drug Mm -hmm. from the sports album, which I have on vinyl because it's incredibly easy to find in charity shops. Mm-hmm. It, it, I mean, I can see why. I can see the argument, although I don't think it's really rips off anything specific. It's just got a very similar vibe to that song. The bass line isn't even exactly the same, but it's similar enough mm. that um, Huey Lewis felt that he was being ripped off. However, when you look into it a bit closer you do discover that they were using that song in scenes of the the first movie as a kind of placeholder for the theme tune that they would use. (laughs) And originally they were going to ask Huey Lewis and the News to do the theme tune, but he was too busy doing Back to the Future or something. Right. That's not strictly correct. They did try to hire Huey Lewis and the News to do the theme tune, and they declined. Back to the Future was released a year later in 1985, and Lewis has said that his experience with the producers of Ghostbusters were indirectly responsible for him getting involved in the movie. So we have Ray Parker Jr. and Ghostbusters to thank for that, I guess. So, then they handed the footage over to Ray Parker Jr. with that song on it. (laughs) So, you know, he's kind of banged to rights.
1: (laughs) He just had to fit that type of beat. That they set up already, so I was like, "Well,
0: I think it's just clearly, I think it's purely that it was, it was in his head. You know, he, he'd be watching this footage with that music on. It was in his head, and then when he went to write a song, it just kind of, maybe not even on purpose, just came out. You know, a bit similar to that song.
1: I'm sure they've, they've, um, they've sorted it out now. But it's, it's an interesting, um, little tidbit about such a classic song. You know,
0: well, I mean, you say they have sorted it out now." He he settled out of court, Ray Parker Jr. Settled out of court with Huey Lewis. But then, years or months later, I don't know how long how later, Ray Parker got his own back and sued Huey Lewis. Oh, yeah, I did hear about this, yeah. <laughs> because Huey Lewis broke the kind of embargo on, on discussing it mm-hmm. by talking about it on TV uh... in an interview. He did an interview for VH1 or something, and he went oh, yeah, well, um, you know, Ray Parker Jr. ripped me off. And part of the deal was he wasn't allowed to mention it. Right. So because he did, Ray Parker Jr. got a payoff from him. So, you know,
1: <laughs> kind of. It balances out. Um, what about the Ghostbusters 2 theme song or soundtrack?
0: Oh, it's not really a theme. What, you mean the Bobby Brown thing?
1: The Bobby Brown one or the... There's another, there's another theme song in the film, isn't there? For the second one. I don't know. I think it's by DMC. Run DMC? Run DMC, sorry, yeah.
0: Is it? I think. I'm going to have to Google this very quickly. <laughs> Hang on a second. Run DMC did indeed record a cover version of Ghostbusters for Ghostbusters 2. It was a total flop, failing to chart in the US and only reaching number sixty-five in the UK. I mean, it was it was that it was that remarkable that I, rem- I don't remember
1: it. <laughs> As I was going to say, the the only record that I have in my possession is the Bobby Brown song from Ghostbusters Two. Really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: he makes a cameo in the movie, doesn't he?
1: He does indeed. Yeah. He's the doorman
0: and it's while his songs playing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Bobby Brown's songs okay, but I would say overall the soundtrack to the soundtrack and the score to Ghostbusters 2 is more generic and kind of
1: It's more poppy. It's not as
0: good as the first one.
1: It's it's, it's the problem with the the soundtrack is they use well, use songs or artists at the time, so it kind of ages it. Mm-hmm. Whereas the Ghostbusters one is kind of timeless because of the way the yeah songs are not really time specific.
0: Well, this is always this is often the thing with sequels or with new versions of things. They often try to either either they make and imagine this is the case with Ghostbusters one and two. They make a ton of money on the first one, mm-hmm. so on the second one they can get some people in to do more specific songs for it rather than you know, just picking and choosing things. Mm. And the other thing is when you make, often when you make a sequel, you try to update things. And when you're updating something that's timeless, you often end up just dating the thing you're making <laughs> because you go, oh, I'm going to pull these things that are really up to date, but they they quickly become dated. Whereas the original, everyone's quite happy with, with those songs.
1: It's interesting because when they redid the song again for the 2016 film, they use fallout boy oh, <laughs> Jesus and it's so bad well yeah they used fallout boy <laughs> they used fallout boy and then because Sony was so crazy about how amazing it was going to be they got also got a I think it's a Korean band to perform one obviously in Korea um, like, like a K-pop on, band a K-pop band but I couldn't tell you what the band is but yeah that version was actually better and I couldn't understand the hell they were saying okay <laughs> than the fallout boy one
0: Dave is both correct and wildly incorrect. Fallout Boy, featuring Missy Elliott, did record and release their god awful Ghostbusters. Open brackets, I'm not afraid. Close brackets. A crime against popular music and ears all over the world. The Korean band he is referring to is actually four Japanese female comedians performing a karaoke version of the Ray Parker Jr. original. How he can understand the hell they are saying, as he puts it, is a mystery as it's sung in Japanese, and Dave seems to believe it's in Korean. I suppose the chorus is in English. In addition, there was also a version by generic US band Walk the Moon on the official soundtrack to the 2016 movie. Both are infinitely better than the Fallout Boy version, but what isn't? Why would you not just use the Ray Parker original? I have no idea. I really it's, don't. It's, and I bet, they will in, <laughs> I bet they will in Afterlife.
1: What about Ghostbusters Extreme, that, that version? Awful. Really? Awful. Awful. Absolutely fucking terrible! Wow, I really like
0: that. It's just the the theme tune, the real Ghostbusters theme tune, but extreme. Because the real Ghostbusters theme tune was slightly different to Ray Parker. It was yeah. there was a few flourishes and so on, but it was roughly the same. And then they go, "Oh, it's the nineties, so let's put some electric guitars on it." Mm-hmm. It's just the most generic, obvious thing you could do, and it just
1: again, it dates it. It dates it. I mean, it does. But I was, uh, that was my decade, so I, I, I guess I'm soft on it. <laughs> yeah, my it's just interesting, because then when the film happened and it had its success, didn't they then start regretting it and then were like, quick to like, get out a cartoon with the name Ghostbusters? Yeah. And then that's why we have the real Ghostbusters cartoon mm-hmm. um, in response to that. <laughs> what?
0: Yeah, that's the thing. Like, I don't think Ghostbusters was... A expected to be as big a hit as it was, mm-hmm. or B expected to be as popular with kids as it was. Yes, because it wasn't really aimed at children. It was children child friendly to a certain extent. It's
1: quite scary, you
0: know. Yeah. Was... yeah, but I mean, it, it was. I think it was a PG, so kids could go and see it. But I don't think they. I don't think it was conceived as a franchise. It was conceived as a movie that would make some money. And then they go and make another movie, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't think no anyone expected a toy line and a TV series and all that kind of stuff to unfold out of it, which is why it took them a couple of years to do re- the real Ghostbusters.
1: It did take a little while after, yeah. It wasn't like a lot of the other things at the time, which had, they like Transformers, had the franchise all kind of planned out, like toys are going to be coming, comics, yeah, you know, colouring books, you <laughs> know
0: yeah because it's the it's the inverse of that transformers was in a way quite cynically conceived to tell toys to children like it was never some fantastic idea someone had come up with uh, of a story they wanted to tell it was like we've got these japanese toys that turn into robots vehicles they turn into robots how do we sell them to kids and that was it. That was the driving force behind the TV show, the comic, the movies, everything. Whereas Ghostbusters was Dan Aykroyd writing a script mm-hmm. for a movie that he really wanted to make. Mm-hmm. After that, the companies get involved and like, oh, wow, we made a lot of money on this. And, you know, the, loads of kids liked it. So maybe we'll make a TV series based on it. like That kind of thing. <laughs>
1: Well, do you want to talk about that now? Should we talk about the cartoons? Yeah, let's talk about the cartoons. I forgot to send it to you, but did you ever see the promo for the real Ghostbusters cartoon?
0: Uh, what do you mean, like the pilot or? The pilot, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think I've watched it.
1: Yeah, can you know how they all look like the movie versions of themselves and they have the grey jumpsuits? in that pilot
0: oh no I haven't no I haven't oh, so seen it. Yeah, I, I,
1: forgot, I forgot to send it to you but okay. we'll show it to you after but there is um, it's like an extended version of the intro and you know how the mm-hmm. ghost is walking down the street and then all chaos starts to ensue mm-hmm. that happens but they have the normal jumpsuits and the ghosts they all kind of capture at the end of the intro yeah. are running around the city and they try and catch them and all of their look especially Peter looks more like Dan Aykroyd Acro- like Bill Murray in this promo yeah
0: This is mostly correct. The promo features more movie-accurate jumpsuits, and arguably Peter's appearance is a tiny bit closer to that of Bill Murray because he has darker hair and a rounder face. But the character designs are much the same as the final version of the real Ghostbusters. Link in the description. Well, I think that the reason that they didn't do that is because they hadn't got
1: the likeness rights. That's what I thought anyway. They didn't, and that was probably why they had to have such dramatic changes. In terms of, you know, colour of hair and, you know, obviously they make it more colourful for kids as well and toys.
0: Yeah, I think it was a good move because they made them all distinct. It did, he did. You know, in, in Ghostbusters, they all wear the same outfit and it's three white guys with dark hair and a black guy. <laughs> they look very similar. And if you put that on a...
1: The kids show. it
0: was <laughs> Yeah, you're going to go, which which one of the three white guys is this one? Like, so they 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 went right you know you're going to wear brown you're going to wear brown jumpsuit you're going to wear a a, a kind of bluish grey one you know what i mean we're going to make you all visually distinct you're going to have blonde hair you're going to have orange hair you're going to have black hair or whatever and that made them more yeah you could tell the difference between the characters for a saturday morning cartoon which is pretty important i think
1: it was it was really good and i think the um, their personalities that be- came out from the series it's almost, you know, kind of influence what people think of Ghostbusters as well. Like, it's re- yeah. in the show, Ray is even more enthusiastic about ghosts than Dan Aykroyd was in the films. And yes. he's on even more of the science guy making all the tech gadgets and stuff. Before, it was kind of him and Ray. But in the show, it's I more... I guess so. A, a gadget every week he's invented.
0: <laughs> they very much stick to the characters from the movie, though, the, char- the characterizations. Yeah. The only difference is that Winston gets a much bigger role and actually becomes... Yes. As important a Ghostbusters as the other three. He's not just in the background, you know, sweeping up.
1: He's um, Arsenio Hall who does his voice in the cartoon, isn't it? It's right. It's just a nice, interesting change of, like, how, yes, like, how he gets his spotlight episode and stuff. Mm. And also Slimer as well. That's where he really gets cemented as a character in the cartoon. Oh. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no. You're not a fan of the high pitched Slimer version, you know?
0: I don't know why you've got to make a ghost a pet. It's
1: a kid show. You need the you need the uh, you need the mascot. You know. I think that was a big
0: issue, and that again affected Ghostbusters too.
1: Yes, because that's where he became uh, known as Slimer. He didn't have that name in the first one. Haven't no, it? No, he was just a he was just a little blob that slime someone. Wasn't it actually? Wasn't Dan got the idea of him from his friend? Was it John Belushi? Were they actually well, they, had ideas of making
0: Slimer? I think Slimer had already been designed as a as just a ghost that was going to be in the movie and mm-hmm. going to be in that scene in the in the hotel. Mm-hmm. And uh, what happened was they later said, oh, we want you to make it look like John Belushi. Yeah.
1: Um,
0: because then he can still kind of be in the movie. Be a
1: part of the film, yeah.
0: And they kind of based the character of Slimer a little bit around the character that john belushi played in animal house i think Mm -hmm. as in a bit of a slob who eats lots of food but i'm sure that i saw on the um movies that made us documentary they were talking to the guy who designed slimer and he said they came to him quite late in the day and say said make it look like john belushi (laughs) and what he did was he didn't he just said it does look like john belushi (laughs) um and they were like okay so, but yeah, it was supposed to be a, a tribute to John Belushi, mm. in a way.
1: Yeah, well, I think it's it's interesting how that carried on into the show, and I think the golden seasons of The Real Ghostbusters is the first three or four. After that, yeah. um, when they change the voice actors and it becomes Slimer and The Real Ghostbusters or something.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Mm, <laughs> yeah.
0: No. no. <laughs> I mean, we should probably talk about why it's called The Real Ghostbusters... As we're talking about with the Film Nation thing. So apparently Columbia, after the massive success of Ghostbusters, they were in talks with Film Nation Mm -hmm. to make a Ghostbusters cartoon. And then they, quite late in the day, switched and went and got Deke to do it instead. Mm -hmm. So Film Nation, being a bit kind of irritated by that, made their own cartoon series of Ghostbusters.
1: Which is the two guys and a giant ape with a gun. Yeah. But people know this difference.
0: <laughs> and one of the guys is called Kong.
1: Yes. <laughs> but the ape is called <laughs> Stacy. Yes.
0: <laughs> anyway. Yeah, so Film Nation were like, well, we're already, we're, we're going we're gonna to put out a Ghostbusters cartoon whether you like it or not. Like, you know, mm-hmm. we we're going to do this anyway, so, but we're going to make it our property. And then, like, massive dicks. <laughs>
1: As the name suggests. Columbia,
0: <laughs> Columbia and Deke <laughs> yeah. went oh, we'll just call our, our TV series The Real Ghostbusters. <laughs> Which I think is a bit of a... Because it's not the real... In fact, if anything, Filmation's series is the real Ghostbusters.
2: Mm-hmm. This is
1: the original Ghostbusters. Mm-hmm. I think in the scene with the kids and how they are chanting for it, He-Man is another dig of that because mm-hmm. it's Filmation who makes He-Man. True. And was a big popular thing at the time, wasn't it? He-Man and Ghostbusters having the toy lines at the same time.
0: Was it a dig or was it like... um? a a reference because I mean they're not being mean about He-Man are they they're being quite positive about it the (laughs) kids want He-Man more than Ghostbusters
1: (laughs) I suppose so So, (laughs) uh,
0: maybe it's them saying sorry (laughs) I don't know I did did re-watch probably about 6 or 7 episodes of the first season of Real Ghostbusters in preparation for this and I'd forgotten I mean I haven't watched it in years but it was pretty good actually the animation was good the writing was good. I had no idea that J. Michael Strzczynski wrote on the series. Yes. People li- listening, he's pretty famous TV and comic book writer, and he wrote Babylon 5, mm-hmm. amongst other things. He wrote, he wrote Spider-Man for a while, actually. He was a main writer on Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man for oh. a while. So, like, there were some quality writers on the show. And, it, yeah, I mean, the animation's pretty pretty good. Voice acting's good. It's a good, it's a good cartoon.
1: It was really fun. It was a nice, like, even the theme song, you know, it was the original theme song, but the way they changed it for a, like, a kidsy, yeah. you know, Saturday morning cartoon vibe. Oh, I That business. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, honestly, since watching it, I've had Real Ghostbusters' version of some of the music in my head. It kind of sticks. <laughs> it is pretty good. The only thing that I found as a kid myself mm. is that when Real Ghostbusters came on, I was a little bit thrown by the fact that they didn't look like the Ghostbusters.
1: Mm. Yeah, I I would imagine that would be quite um, uh, a shock, a bit jarring.
0: I definitely, almost definitely seen Ghostbusters the movie before real Ghostbusters came out on television because I was like eight when real Ghostbusters came out on television. Mm -hmm. So I would have, I'm pretty sure I'd seen the movie before. So yeah, I was a little bit confused by that. But you know, they still had the same personalities. So it was, it was fine. Well, I don't know why they chose to make Egon's hair so strange. Well, I mean, have you not seen his hair in the
1: films? It's impressive how high it's sitting up and <laughs> how he's got it like that. Yeah, but that. it doesn't form a tunnel. No. <laughs> it's just, they just exaggerated it, you know. Exaggerated it? It was completely different. Made but his, yes, made his, I know what you mean. Made his glasses red and everything, you know.
0: <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I thought Real Ghosts was, was pretty damn good. And it ran all the way through to the second movie, which was, as we've already spoken about, the second movie was sort of influenced by the cartoon, mm-hmm. and it ran for several years afterwards, didn't it? I think it
1: ran for quite a while. Yeah,
0: it ended like early mid nineties, something like
1: that. Oh, I don't know, because I didn't look to see when the Slimer one carried on for a bit longer than the Ghostbusters. Well, it's still it? the, it's still the same thing, though, isn't it's it? It's still the, it's still the same thing. It's but the same show. It, it carries on Well, even more Slimer.
0: <laughs> yeah. So I'm just checking for uh, continuity. Uh, la, la, la. Yeah, it finished in nineteen
1: ninety one. There you go. Yeah. It's um, I like the Real Ghostbusters as like a kind of you know what if Splinter timeline of Ghostbusters because in all intents and purposes, it all everything that happened in the first movie is canon in the cartoon. Yeah, because there is an episode. I can't remember what it's called. Yeah, they
0: do they do reference it, don't they? I think. Yeah,
1: they talk about what happened in the first movie, and there's even an episode about. Them coming back from fighting Goza mm. in their you know regular jumpsuits,
0: yeah, and explains why they changed. Why they to... explain
1: to their different colours because yeah, yeah. I think that's the I think that's the episode actually when they introduce Slimer as being mm. a part of the Ghostbusters because their suits come alive and spawn ghost versions of them and try to take them out. Yeah, it's just interesting how it could just be another part of Ghostbusters.
0: Yeah, it's 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 a it's a separate entity in a way, but it is definitely it's, it's connected it's all there. It can all be thought of as the same universe. Yeah. If you want. <laughs> it doesn't really matter. I kind of think of them as separate things, but you know, if you wish. And I mean the toy line kind of tied it all together as well
1: in a lot of ways. Yeah. yeah. there was one Ghostbusters, the real Ghostbusters episode. I wanted to point out was Egon's Ghost, where in one of the episodes Egon dies at the beginning. uh uh-huh. And he comes back as a ghost. To help them like revive him because he hasn't really died, but he's kind of like a ghost. Oh,
0: that, that old chestnut.
1: Yeah, and it's it's weird watching it now after he is actually dead. It's like, kind of like a it's a nice episode as well. Like it's a really they throw a lot in it. It's a big episode.
0: Well, you could say that that was kind of a a bit of foreshadowing in a way, or um... mm-hmm. spooky. Yeah, spooky. Just like when Janine says to him in the first movie, mm-hmm. "I'm very psychic about these things. I think you're gonna die, to Egon." Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, maybe. But I think that's what's quite—if I've got anything positive to say about afterlife, and I'm not—I I'm, don't—I'm not hugely negative on afterlife. I just don't feel like there's any need for it. But um, it's good that they've got the kind of idea of Egon being. It's Egon's family, isn't it? It's Egon's granddaughter and so mm. on. Uh, that connection's quite good. So you've still got... E- Egon's still tied into the movie somehow. So, you know, mm. it's a nice tribute to to Harold Ramis, who, you know, was you know vitally important to the Ghostbusters franchise and the movies. You know, he co-wrote the first two movies. Um, it wouldn't be the same without him.
1: No, oh, yeah, 100% agree. I uh, um, you know that when Afterlife started having... Teasers and pictures and whatnot, there was a lot of speculation if it was going to be Ray's family in connection to that whole him selling a house that he lived in Uh, when he was young. Yeah, in the but obviously, as more rolled out and found out it was Egon, it was like, Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it makes perfect sense, makes it does, and it's a good way to go. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's the best way to pay tribute to him because the others we we all know by now, the other three are going to reappear in the movie anyway. So... You know, you can't have... I mean, unless you're going to have him reappear as a ghost, uh, which, you know, might be a little bit... uh, What's the word? Inappropriate.
1: You want to talk about the next installment of the cartoon? If we must. (laughs) Ghostbusters Extreme. (laughs) Yeah. There's a reason it only lasted one season, isn't there? (laughs) I mean, to be fair, the time it came out, there was a lot of cartoon shows on at the time that probably gri-
0: that were better.
1: Well, it's not so much better, but it gripped kids in a different way because of the type of animation that was available at the time and like how faster it was being produced, like all the different cartoons. Mm-hmm. I mean, of course, there was lows in the eighties, but I mean they all kind of had a they were really well written in the, at the time. But yeah, when in you into the two thousands, like the visuals, like. Shot up into all these different faster ways of animating and whatever. So mm. I get it from that.
0: Well, I think Ghostbusters Extreme is painfully nineties. It is. I mean, just the word "extreme," <laughs> like it's a term that was everywhere in the
1: nineties. That's why I had to had to send you the toy commercials of how they talk about extreme Ghostbusters. Yeah, extreme,
0: <laughs> extreme. It's like, what's what, what is extreme about these Ghostbusters? Nothing. Uh... There's nothing extreme about them. I watched the pilot and nothing else, and mm. it was shit. The,
1: the the pilot, I think, is the, the only time they really talk about these proton packs they're making. Well, the proton packs they have in the new show is meant to be stronger than the, the previous one. Yeah, good idea, <laughs> that.
0: Let's redesign all the iconic gear for no
1: reason. And, you know, I, I don't see why they did it, because I don't... Even as a kid, I didn't To sell more toys. I didn't I didn't like the new designs of all these the different gear. And No. Just rubbish. I mean, if you're gonna change it at least just try and do something better.
0: I didn't find any of the characters very interesting. They're all a bit boring.
1: I guess we should explain that. So in Ghost in Extreme Ghostbusters, it's continuation of the real Ghostbusters universe. Yes. Where but Ghostbusters, like in Ghostbusters too, have all gone off and started to do their own things. Right. And Egon is teaching in a new university. And he's some of his students, you know, who are really into the paranormal activities. Not all of them, but <laughs> about three of them out before are very into it. And ghost shenanigans happens. Three
0: students who he has never taught. Yes. <laughs> they just turn up on the first day. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Is it four of them? It's four, sorry. It's four. It? Yeah, four. Yeah, they they turn on the first day and they immediately think he's the best. Well, he was a he was a Ghostbuster, isn't it? <laughs> and they all and they all want to be his student. Uh, but there's no one. There's no other students. There's only these three guys. Yeah, four guys, sorry. Uh, one being a girl. Mm-hmm. It, it does kind of push the whole diversity thing, which is fine. But um, I just I just thought they were all very uninteresting characters. So, yeah, like you say, it's a new team of Ghostbusters. A goth girl, mm-hmm. and you've got a kind of slacker guy who's maybe like the Peter Bateman kind of character, I guess. And you've got like a kind of jock kind of guy in a wheelchair, mm-hmm. and then you've got the kind of sensible
1: one. Mm-hmm. But they're all quite boring. I think um, Kylie is the only one I think has kind of been a fan favorite from the show. With that being mm. because of her goth girl style or her taking the show, but she's the only one, as far as I know, who has been taken into other media. Mm-hmm. Like her character makes so many appearances in IDW run of Ghostbusters. But anyway, yeah, the, it's this other, this new team has come to help Egon, who isn't really much of a Ghostbuster anymore, but he has to become a Ghostbuster in this. Yeah. New show, but he's, he does it as more of a mentor, if anything, to the to the four. Yes. And they kind of take up the mantle and they become Extreme Ghostbusters.
0: Or just regular Ghostbusters.
1: No, no, this is... A, <laughs> I didn't really remember it until I, I watched some episodes. That they refer to themselves as Extreme Ghostbusters, like if they answered the phone. Why? Like, Extreme Ghostbusters. <laughs> I don't...
0: This also plays into something I was going to say about Ghostbusters 2 that I forgot to mention. Mm-hmm.
1: Why did they redesign the logo? Uh I I I agree with that. As a as a movie, I like the the logo. I get it. I don't. But in the terms of the film, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense that there is a new They shouldn't be wearing it.
0: Why have they got the ghost. <laughs> I mean, the, the original logo is perfect. It it encapsulates everything that the movie is. You've got the supernatural mm-hmm. being combated by reality, like like a kind of like by science and so on. Because you've got that that kind of no smoking thing over the top of it. Like, <laughs> it's perfect. It's the it's a marrying of 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 the supernatural and the re- and the real together in the
1: logo. You know, it might have something to do with the cartoon. You because you, in the the cartoon when they have that do 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 do, do, do or they would flip the logo.
2: It mm-hmm. would have
1: different um, emotions or characteristics like. I don't know what's going on, or what, he, the ghost in the logo would do different emotions in the cartoon. Mm. Maybe that's why.
0: I think. Uh, I think the reason they redesigned the logo was a marketing tool for the second movie. But yeah, it didn't make any sense that when they reformed the Ghostbusters, they went, "Oh, we're going to change the sign, and we're going to change the logo on our outfits." Yeah, I... to a guy doing the peace sign.
1: <laughs> it's, I, I don't. I don't know. <laughs> no, I mean, I like the logo. But just in the terms of the film,
0: it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. I mean, I don't like the logo. I don't think it makes any sense. Full stop. I mean, it it makes sense as a marketing tool, but that's it. Like you notice, they've not used it. They've not u- they've not redesigned the logo for any further um, Ghostbusters things. Oh,
1: sorry. What do you mean?
0: Well, the logo doesn't look any different on Afterlife, does it?
1: Oh, I see. You know, apparently the
0: logo doesn't look any different on um, on that rubbish movie that came out in. 2016. Oh,
1: I see. But yeah, Extreme Ghostbusters I found, growing up, really scary. Really? Even watching it as an adult. Some of the episodes are still pretty creepy. I think that's true of real Ghostbusters as well, though. Mm. I mean, re-watching them now, I don't find Ghostbusters 1 scary, but I do find there's scenes of Ghostbusters 2 that are very unsettling, like the... Do you mean extreme? You mean real and extreme? No, no, no. In the films, it's... The guy who owns the museum, the, the little guy... He doesn't own it. Janos. Janos, him. That guy... Yeah. There's certain scenes in the film that even now I find really freaky With the, the power goes out and he goes to see Dana and his eyes glow. I just think it's really ridiculous. It's... It... <laughs> what is he think? <laughs> He dresses up as a nun or a, a nanny or something. <laughs> yeah. So Vigo somehow
0: turns him into a ghost, a nanny ghost with a pram. Like why? I mean,
1: he he was a genius of his time. Vigo
0: <laughs> I think there were scary bits in Ghostbusters 1. Oh yeah. As well.
1: No, I, I they were definitely scarier.
0: The bit where the bit where Dana gets possessed. That's pretty scary.
1: Yeah yeah that is pretty when she's
0: sat there and the the arms come out of the sofa yeah that's pretty good i don't know the ghosts in ghostbuster 2 are more fantastical and a bit weird like it's like well what are these ghosts of (laughs) what's that giant thing in in the arch who and then the titanic's gonna turn up so the titanic's a ghost now (laughs) it does start to fall apart the whole kind of Sens- sensibility of it starts to fall to pieces yes, a bit.
1: That's where it feels very like real Ghostbusters, isn't it? When they have that type of stuff, because that's what it's like in the cartoon. It's just a, mon- a monster of the week, and it's very colourful. And... They
0: shouldn't be called <laughs> Ghostbusters. They should be called like Supernatural Busters or something, because <laughs> like it's not always ghosts, no. and it's um, yeah, there's kind of monsters a lot of them.
1: A lot of the times they have to do that, and they like mm. there's episodes where their proton packs don't even work on. The bad guy in question because it's a demon or something or it's something else so they to rejiggle their equipment so it, yeah
2: <laughs> yeah
0: but yeah the proton pack gun thing
1: mm-hmm.
0: so it's called a,
1: a something wand i believe it's called a proton wand, but then i don't know if that refers to the whole gun i think that's just the gun thing that's just the gun part isn't it yeah because it's
0: a proton pack in real Ghostbusters, or is it in um, Extreme ghosts, but Ghostbusters? They keep referring to them as proton blasters, mm. and then I'm sure there's another like a like something thrower, particle thrower, particle thrower. Mm-hmm. That's another name mm-hmm. for it. So mm-hmm. they don't seem to have decided what it's called. <laughs> <laughs> it's a proton wand, a
1: neutron neutrono wand. I think they neutrono wand. I think that's what it is. Yes. I've, I've, I'm trying
0: to uh, right I've just googled it here's the Ghostbuster fandom page
2: <laughs> oh
0: brilliant so the the opening the opening paragraph on this wiki is the particle thrower also known as proton blaster proton gun, positron collider neutron <laughs> no, neutrona wand or proton wand is the blaster that connects to the hose to the proton pack. So we've got particle thrower, proton blaster, proton gun, positron collider, Neutrono wand, and proto wand. That's six different <laughs> names for the same thing. I, I rest my case. Um, wow! I, I know. <laughs> <laughs> It's just a yeah. We we'll just come up with some a, a vaguely scientific-sounding name for it, and we'll 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 use them we'll use them at different times.
1: I feel like whenever you see um, Dan Ackroyd talking about Ghostbusters or the technology, he throws around those words a lot when he's describing it.
0: He acts like he understands it and he doesn't. Like, <laughs> you see him talking about it. I think you. I think you, it, he was on that documentary you sent me about this third game talking
1: about it. Oh, about the game, yeah, yeah.
0: And he talks about it like he has knowledge on this completely fictional technology
1: oh yeah didn't he give an estimate to how much it would cost or something yeah in real exactly life? so
0: and, and it's like you know you're just making this up you're making it up or 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 you've read you've you've done some kind of crazy research on the the most the darkest corners of the internet somewhere and come up with this kind of bizarre shit about how you would technically catch a ghost and i wouldn't be surprised if half of that Theory is based on people watching Ghostbusters, so it's probably come mm-hmm. full full circle. Full circle. <laughs> Dan Aykroyd is now probably spouting nonsense that people created <laughs> based on the nonsense
1: he spouted to make the first movie. It wouldn't surprise me. It's probably definitely out there.
0: Well, he is crazy.
2: <laughs> My
0: We've done the cartoons, so should we talk about the toys? Yes, the toys.
1: Uh, first of all, did you have
0: any? I. Didn't, but my younger brother had quite a lot. I think he had all four Ghostbusters and Ecto 1. Okay. And and later on he had some of the the kind of wackier Ghostbusters, the ones with like fright features where you push their uh, yes. arms together and their eyes bugged out and yeah. their hair went up. <laughs> yeah. He also had the ghost popper,
2: mm-hmm.
0: which like the 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 basic like a nerf gun. Mm-hmm. He also had a he had a Ghostbusters um, baseball cap as well. I I remember, oh. but that's yeah. He had that, that stuff, and yeah, they were they're were pretty good toys.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Not the greatest, but pretty good. Xo one's a bit disappointing.
2: Oh
0: really? Well, it, it, it it's it's just empty. No. <laughs> like it's just an empty shell. <laughs> like there's no there's no room for anything in it. Like it's it looks good on the outside, I guess. But like you can fit, t- I think you can fit two Ghostbusters in it. I think so. You can't yeah. fit all of them. Yeah. You can't fit all of them in it. <laughs> and it had like a kind of play feature, which was like a winch to catch ghosts.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But that took up the entire back section, so you couldn't <laughs> you couldn't put anything in there really. And then it had that stupid seat that sat on the top.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean that, that was dumb. That's very much cartoon, isn't it? The <laughs> And also, it didn't fit in the firehouse. No, it just kind of had to dangle there. It had a slot to sit it in, but it was still hanging out of the firehouse. It either
0: had to hang out the back or hang out the front. Yeah, one or the other, <laughs> because it was too long to fit inside the the firehouse. The firehouse wasn't very good either. Oh, there's nothing in it again. It's the same as uh, it's the same as the uh Xo one. Like there's nothing there. Like it's just it's just three levels with nothing on them. And it's it's all to do with a with that oh that bloody slime.
1: You have to you have to. Rem- so you could pour the sl- you have to remember pour the slime through the top. This is when like kids had imaginations and they they would fill in the blanks of all these all these uh <laughs> these issues. No, I just I just
0: it's it's not a it's not a there's not much to play with with the with it like it's it's just a big plastic block. And also the the fire pole didn't work unless you put two Ghostbusters on it. Did it? No, because the weight distribution was all wrong, so it'd stick. As it was going down, it'd stick all the time. Unless you put two Ghostbusters, one on either side, then it would go down.
1: Oh, wow. I mean, the real Ghostbusters toys, Mm -hmm. I have vague recollection of because um, my siblings are ten years older than me, so they were around at the time and had a toy or two, but um, it was more their friends had the rest of the toys, and I did see them growing up and you know, mm-hmm. going for, you know, playdates with their younger siblings. Or in school when some kids would bring, you know, during uh days where we would bring bringing toys, yeah. someone had the other Ghostbusters toys. I mean, that was my experience for that for the longest time until Extreme Ghostbusters where then there were toys on toy shelves for me to get. I had
0: no idea there was an Extreme Ghostbusters toy line at all until you pointed it out.
1: Oh, it was so extreme. How did you not know about it? <laughs>
0: <laughs> well what was it, nineteen ninety six? Was it? Something like that? Something like that, yeah. When it came out here. <laughs> yeah. I was too busy with other things. I wasn't really interested in uh we've talked about this before, like that was the same kind of time Beast Wars came out. I'd moved on from mm. Toys at the time. So I wasn't really paying attention. I remember the Ghostbusters Extreme being on telly. Mm-hmm. And I remember maybe watching the odd episode and thinking
1: yeah okay
0: fine but yeah i didn't pay much attention didn't know there's a toy line
1: wow um it was a very interesting toy line um it wasn't like the real ghostbusters because uh it, the toys were not very show accurate at all like they were very I had them all in different costumes different colors weird mm-hmm. um time packs and very odd looking facial expressions for the characters Weird articulation. They were smaller than the real Ghostbusters toys.
0: Yeah. I mean, the real, Ghostb- the real Ghostbusters line did go crazy and wacky towards the end. Like, really nuts. I
1: mean, they went out through the gate weird and wacky.
0: <laughs> no, but I mean, like... Uh, but basically, the trouble with Ghostbusters is mm-hmm. it's not really designed as a kid-friendly, toy-friendly franchise. It's four guys fighting ghosts. So once you've done the four guys, mm. the car, mm. and the firehouse, what else do you do?
1: Loads, not an awful lot. Loads and loads of ghosts in various yeah, different. Loads ways.
0: of ghosts, and then loads of version, and then loads of different Ghostbusters in different outfits. Yes, yes. <laughs> and that's what they did, and like that's why you got all these kind of really kind of crazy. And also, obviously, with it being 90s, well, late 80s, early 90s. Um, you got loads of um, loads of kind of neon stuff coming through towards the mm. end, <laughs> because everything went neon in the nineties.
1: Oh yeah, they carried it on an extreme as well. They, oh, mm. so many bright colours. I re- I remember getting the toys and painting the proton packs, um, the proper colours, and like,
0: oh god, show accuracy. It's changing.
1: It. Even I had, um, I think I had all the Ghostbusters. Got ecto one, yeah, and I remember changing Ecto one. I don't know why I didn't just take off the stickers looking back at it now, but they had the extreme Ghostbusters logo, right? which I didn't like. So I was like, yeah, I'm going to paint over this and draw my own Ghostbusters logo. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and nice. throughout all the years it got, you know, batters and bruises and then they'd be just like, well, I can't find this antenna anymore. So I'll, I'll just, you know, make shift my own antenna or I'll add bits and pieces to it to one. <laughs>
0: So you're customising your own Ecto One? I was
1: for the longest time, even yeah. you know, just painted all of it white again. <laughs> it was, oh yeah, <laughs> it was a great toy. Well,
0: talking of Ecto One, for a moment we can talk about Transformers, I guess, because mm-hmm. there has been Transformers crossover toys. Mm-hmm. Yes, you've got Ectotron, haven't you? I do.
1: Ectotron. He's a he's a really, really good representation of that first movie. Look, for Ecto One. I guess we might as well talk about the crossover. It's um mm. IDW story that was attached to the 35th anniversary of both Ghostbusters and Transformers. Yeah. Cause like we said, they both came out in the same year. Yeah. It's been 35 years when Ectotron came out. Yes. I, cu- I couldn't get the, um, the comic book to read it, but I read up some stuff and I watched some videos about it. And it seemed really good. It's, it seems like a really interesting crossover idea.
0: I think the same it's the same writer that's writing the current Beast Wars comics.
1: Oh is it as well. Okay.
0: Yeah, I think so. But yeah, um it did have a comic book that came went along with it, didn't it? And um it was the first figure in like the collaborative line that we've now seen a few yes. other releases in yeah. since, like um X Men and uh Top Gun, mm-hmm. and got a Jurassic Park one coming up soon. Got Dracula now. <laughs> yeah, Dracula, the Dracula one. So yeah, the the concept being Transformers crossing over with another franchise. Mm-hmm. So Ectotron is an Ecto-1 that turns into a Transformer who has very kind of um, ghostbuster-y features, like he... He has a proton pack, he has a um <laughs> particle thrower, um, he comes with a slimer. Yes. And he's yeah. got he's got like the Ghostbuster goggles on his mm-hmm. head. And also there was the um there was MP ten G as well, the um the repaint of
1: yes. Masterpiece prime. He's in the comic book as well, yes. It, it it makes sense why he looks like that.
0: Yeah. I mean it's a it's a fairly nice redeco of MP ten in white. It's a bit silly and gimmicky, but quite fun. <laughs>
1: I'm guessing you haven't read the, book, the comic book. No, I have no interest in the comic book. Um, I'll do my best to say what happens. Uh, Gozer yeah. uh, appears on Cybertron as the Autobots leave. Right. Just like in Generation 1, the Autobots leave and, you know, Decepticons are getting ready to chase after them. And Gozer appears and just wipes out the Decepticons.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> You know, asking him to pick a form of the disrupt, destroyer. Okay. Obviously, the first person to think of something is Starscream.
0: <laughs> right. And what is it?
1: It's himself. <laughs> Obviously. <Right. laughs> Which then, as the Autobots are going through space, they get a signal from Earth of some sort of weird energy signature, and Ectotron is a is an Autobot. He's a a normal mm-hmm. guy in the ranks, and he. Optimus Prime sends him down to investigate.
0: An Autobot who looks a little bit too much like a Ghostbuster.
1: <laughs> yes. yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> And turns into e- Ecto-1.
1: He turns into Ecto-1. Upon landing on Earth, he um, he finds the Ghostbusters. Right. And the car has been disabled somehow. I think it falls into a sinkhole. Sinkhole, Right. Okay. So he has to scan the car, become Ecto-1. And, you know, it's just weird stuff with like Starscream Ghosts and the shenanigans with the Ghostbusters. It's a a story that shouldn't work, but it kind of really fits quite nicely for a four-issue run of a crossover story.
0: I've heard it's fairly good. Um, It's just, I just have no interest in in it because I'm just not into Transformers and Ghostbusters crossovers. (laughs) I just don't find them interesting. It's not something I'm ever going to want to read. But talking of which, this is not the first... Transformers and Ghostbusters comic book crossover. Is it not? No, way back during G1. Okay. Andrew Wildman, Andy Wildman, a regular artist on Marvel uh, UK Transformers comic, but he was also, at the same time, he was drawing the real Ghostbusters comic. Right. So, in one particular story, he drew a bunch of characters Kind of background characters in Transformers to look exactly like the real Ghostbusters, <laughs> so they appear in a, in a in like a backup story in the uh, UK comic. They're not Ghostbusters, they're not them, but they look. At, I, sh- I sent you pictures of them, didn't I? Yes,
1: yeah, yeah. I was
0: wondering where that was from. I... <laughs> it's from it's from a comic book that came out in like I think it was like issue two hundred and sixteen or something of the UK comic.
1: Okay,
0: so like nineteen eighty six. 1989 there you go 1989 so yeah he just he just slipped it in there (laughs) so i mean it's not really a ghostbusters crossover but three guys who look a lot like ghostbusters appear in the transformers comic
1: oh there you go
0: the game oh do we have to there was a computer game it was sort of the third movie
1: It was the third movie, so it's parts of coconuts about it. It's canon, as far as the creators are concerned. Yeah. I think that you would really like the game, but I think you would like the game as playing it. I don't know how you would feel about the story of the game.
0: I don't think I would like the game, period. (laughs) Because I don't play computer games much, so I mean, I don't want to be a Ghostbuster. Well,
1: the game came out in 2009. Terminal? Reality? I think it made it? um in the game you play as a as a new recruit of the ghostbusters yeah and very similar to like ghostbusters extreme you're testing out new equipment for the ghostbusters as they kind of mentor you sure and in the game you kind of similarly hit similar beats to the first film right like going back to the hotel to get slimer gozer turns up and evo shandor long lost relative makes an appearance and walter pecks in it again the whole cast is there Again, yeah, yeah, I know,
0: show. and that the voice acting is done by Bill Murray. And, and so, even mm-hmm. though he had, he had no interest in doing a movie, he did this, he did do this. I mean, it, it looks honestly like you, you you sent me like a trailer for it, and so on. It's, it's not something I'd want to play, but <laughs> it looks good, and it looks like an entertaining addition, and possibly a better addition to the Ghostbusters franchise than mm-hmm. Ghostbusters 2 was.
1: Well, like. I've got Ghostbusters two and what's the other thing called? The Return of the Ghostbusters. I think I sent you.
0: Oh, what that 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 fan
1: made that fan made <laughs> film.
0: Yeah,
1: I can't remember when that came. I think it's two thousand five or two thousand six. Harold Ramis actually saw that and liked it so much. He he liked it so much that it is canon in the Ghostbusters universe that his nephew or whatnot has a different region of Ghostbusters. Right as this type of franchise thing. Okay. It's referenced in the game to Solify as it's being part of the Ghostbusters world.
0: Well, that's nice. That's nice that those enthusiasts who made that yeah, movie get recognition.
1: It's, um, it's, really, it's, I think it's I think it's really cool. Yeah. I mean, throughout the years, I it seems to get bigger and bigger, but the Ghostbusters fandom seems to spread far and wide and people have like their own patches of different firehouses that they want their franchise to be recognised as, and right, like there's a lot of people who love Ghostbusters, and to have something like that being, you know, seen by the creators and thinking that it's worthy of being part of it, it's pretty cool.
0: No, it is. it's is cool. I mean, it looked a bit shonky, but um, oh yeah. I mean, I mean, it's, it's cheap. It was made on a cheap budget, but yeah, I mean, that's that's great. That's great. It's it's it's. it's a, what I find fascinating is how. Because like, you, re- you really love Ghostbusters. Mm-hmm. And I just find it fascinating that people could be that invested in it when, for me, it's like, it's one good movie and a bunch of not very good stuff. <laughs> I just love that movie and I don't need anything else. I mean, okay, real Ghostbusters was a good TV show. But again, I think the, the original movie is the best
1: thing that ever happened in the franchise. I guess it's it's probably just about the, the ages of it hitting people because you know dressing up like a ghostbuster like i remember making a box of cornflakes into a proton pack and yeah yeah you know shooting my cousin in the face with a nerf gun you know i remember it all like <laughs> yeah yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. i mean i i like I, I did know some kids who had some of that role play stuff i mean we did have the ghost popper thing mm. but yeah i mean it's no it's just, it's, just it's, it's it's amazing that it's captured so many people's imagination i think Mm. Uh, enough for these guys to make their own fan movie and for them to put all that effort into that third game. Mm-hmm. And I think that's got a lot to do with Dan Aykroyd as well. Dan Aykroyd is still very passionate about it all.
1: Oh, yeah, he won't miss an opportunity to talk about ghost stories, vodka. So he, yeah. he's always pushing one or <laughs> the other. Yes, air. he's a very strange individual, Dan Aykroyd. <laughs> but speaking of that, there's, this, there's one other like splinter off Ghostbusters that Dan Aykroyd was a part of. There's a film called Evolution. Yeah, have you ever seen that film?
0: Yes. No, I haven't seen it, but I know the movie you mean. It's uh, David Duchovny and some other yes. people, and yes. it's kind of, it sort of tries to do what Ghostbusters did
1: again in a way. It's, it's basically like Ghostbusters, but with aliens instead of ghosts. Yeah, which very much like Ghostbusters, it's a very good, solid one film. Doesn't need anything else to it. Dan Aykroyd is not in, even in, is even in the film, but. Like Ghostbusters, it got a Saturday morning cartoon, mm. which is very much like the real Ghostbusters, the way they jazz up the colours, have their own little slimer All right. and everything. And it's, they they operate from a firehouse, you know. Really? Oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't know, didn't know a, they went that far. It's a very much a, like, a, it could live in the same world as the real Ghostbusters, mm-hmm. but I don't think officially it is, but...
0: No, I mean, I'm aware of it, and I'm aware that it is definitely heavily based on Ghostbusters, but I didn't know that it was that connected. Mm -hmm. I've never seen it.
1: I've heard it's not great. It's very much a film of its time. I don't Mm. think it doesn't hold up as well as Ghostbusters does.
0: What does? What does, though? (laughs) Well, that's very true. (laughs) Like I said said before, one of the best movies ever made.
1: One more cameo that Ghostbusters makes an appearance in.
0: Uh
2: Uh-huh.
1: That... To this day, I don't know if it—if it's anything more than a cameo, if it actually is, you know, saying that these two things exist in the same place, is Dan Aykroyd's appearance, fully dressed as a Ghostbuster, in Casper, the very first film. Oh, did that happen? Yeah. The... All right. <laughs> in the haunted house of Casper-friendly ghosts. Yeah. The people trying to get the ghosts out, at one point, phone the Ghostbusters. All right. And then Aykroyd turns up. I'm sure I've
0: seen that movie and I don't remember that. (laughs) Okay. Well, that's that's kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah? One of my favourite cameos. (laughs) No, I didn't... I I don't know how I missed that. Well, I suppose, since I've just spoken about how the original Ghostbusters is an absolute masterpiece, Mm
2: -hmm.
0: we should talk about the reboot of Ghostbusters... Oh, do we have to? Yeah, you wanted to do it, mate.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Virtual Dave pretty much wrote what we were going to talk about, and he listed this as something we need to talk about. Yeah. What you wrote was, why Ghostbusters 2016 movie failed?
1: Um, Well, I know you haven't seen the film, for a start. And I don't intend to. I would highly advise you don't.
0: <laughs> After watching Ghostbusters and Ghostbusters 2 on Netflix... It keeps trying to make me watch it.
1: No, don't. I mean... I'm not going to. As you know, I'm a very optimistic person. And I will say, <laughs> watch something. To give it a chance. Have your own view of it. You know, you decide yourself. But with this, don't do it, mate. Just don't do it. No. No, I don't plan to. <laughs> I've watched reviews of
0: it. That's enough. I've seen people tear it to pieces. I, I, I mean, can I tell you why I think it failed? Go ahead. Because it's not particularly funny. The comedy is a bit... It's very, what's the word, uh, juvenile, mm-hmm. from my understanding. Lots of fart jokes and that kind of stuff. Yeah. And Ghostbusters didn't need rebooting. In a way, it had already been rebooted when they made Ghostbusters 2. It's so similar to the first movie. <laughs> so why make another Ghostbusters that's the same, again, the same movie, again. This is the third time they've made that movie. Um, it's, the, it's the dumbest and most lazy way you can make a remake, which is just to do it again with new people.
1: It, I, 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 oh, uh, <laughs> just, just thinking about it, what Sony, as far as I understand, wanted to do was to reboot the franchise because they had this massive plan of, like, film cartoon games Mm -hmm. you know toys like they wanted it all
0: yeah they just wanted to do what was done in the 80s again
1: it's like we were talking about the um with dc yesterday like they wanted some of that marvel money they wanted a franchise they wanted something to be banking on every two years
0: and and that's why they're doomed to fail because if you're just copying other things it's it's impossible to recapture what the the magic that made that first Ghostbusters movie. It's absolutely impossible. You, it was it was completely organic. Well, you can't just go, oh these these were the ingredients, and then just throw them all in a pot and hope hope to get that amazing that amazing thing again.
1: It's not even it's not even that. That's it. I, I can't even describe it. It's like they take everything that was before and try and put a new label on it and pretend. That it's something new, but at the same Mm -hmm. time, they are not even spitting; they are slapping (laughs) people who love the franchise from before. Like it was, it it was an insult. Yeah, and it also got caught up in a lot of controversy because people thought that the only way fans were reacting this way because it was all led by it had a female lead, which actually had nothing to do with why the film was bad.
0: No, I think they just used that as an excuse. In a way, I mean, I don't think it was a cynical act. I don't think they, they went, oh, we'll redo the movie, only this time it will be women. And then when people don't like it, they can go, well, you don't like it because it's women. I don't think they did that. But <laughs> but they did kind of end up using that as a kind of excuse for it being bad. Yes. If people said, oh, this is bad, you go, oh, you just don't like it because it's women. You're, you're sexist. It's like, no, this is just not a good movie. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> the fact that it's women is fine. <laughs> I ain't got a problem with that.
1: It was already established that, you know, Kylie was a Ghostbuster in Ghostbusters Extreme. There was other teams of Ghostbusters at this point who had female-led Ghostbusters in it. In
0: fact, originally, Ghostbusters Extreme was going to be an all-female team.
1: Yes, yes, they did. They were, That was going to be the original idea.
0: So, you know, so it's so it's not a new idea and it's not particularly clever. <laughs> like I was saying before, they're taking the same idea of the original movie. They're going, right, let's get... For this time, female comedians mm-hmm. from the Saturday Night Live kind of circuit, and put mm-hmm. them in the movie. But what they're forgetting is that that's not what made the movie great. What made mm-hmm. the movie great was Dan Aykroyd's belief in ghosts and his his kind of need to make a movie that was almost it was a comedy movie, but it still there was there was a serious grounding in kind of his actual beliefs in there. Mm-hmm. And then that chemistry between these guys would all work together a lot, and it was just perfect i mean what makes ghostbusters good is three great performances by three great comedians and ernie hudson (laughs) (laughs) it's it's not the premise not and it's not the story and it's not the proton packs or ecto-1 or the firehouse or the stay Off marshmallow man Mm. it's it's that it's those three guys giving three amazing comedy performances so if you haven't got that then you know you haven't
1: got anything but I think the thing that bothered me most about the film, and it bothered me about a lot of films, to be fair, the film introduced rules about ghosts and the equipment, mm-hmm. and then immediately throw those rules out the window with no explanation.
0: Oh, what the new movie? You mean um... in the new movie?
1: Yeah, yeah. Like I like how in Ghostbusters, like on their first mission,
2: mm-hmm.
1: they talk about how dangerous the equipment is and whatnot, and then they talk about don't cross the streams, like yeah. as a rule. And it, it's something that they only do because it's the l- last resort at the end of the film. Yeah. In this new film, they talk about how they have to, you know, wear down ghosts and capture them and whatnot, and how dangerous the proton um, streams are. And then on their first mission, they're like, I don't even know how to describe it. They're in a narrow corridor, and they're all shooting their streams in front of one another, and this could be lasering off each other's heads. There's so many different times where they do things that doesn't make any sense, like In the climax, they're just punching ghosts. Yeah. And they're killing them. You know, it's a... What? (laughs) How? Yeah.
0: (laughs) And, I mean, I'm not... I've already said I've not seen it. But isn't there loads of stuff with the proton packs and with the technology and all that kind of stuff? Aren't they, like, using them to, like, lasso things? Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Can you tell me, do you want to guess how much screen time the proton packs, as in the actual using of the proton packs has in that first Ghostbusters movie, the original Ghostbusters movie, how long do you think they're on screen?
1: Mm, probably less than a minute. Probably not even that. Yeah, one minute, 28 seconds. There you go. It's not, it isn't long at all, no. They don't fire their streams very often. It's no. not something you see. Yeah.
0: I got this, I'm, I'm stealing this from review I saw on online, but the guys were saying, proton packs are like lightsabers. Mm-hmm. They're cool if they're used sparingly. But if you overuse them, they get boring and unimportant.
1: Yeah, no, I I, I completely agree. You know, yeah, that's um, hmm. it's a solid way of looking at it. And I mean, I did find it funny in Ghostbusters too when they went into the subway to find the river of slime, and they got like halfway, and all these ghosts are trying to scare them, and they're like. Maybe we should go get our proton packs. Like, yeah. Why did we come down here on arms? Like, <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: It's when they when their ghost train runs through, um, <laughs> uh, Winston. <laughs> no, exactly. They don't. They do step it up a bit in Ghostbusters Two because you've got those like slime
1: cannons and so mm. on. But still, fairly sparing. It is quite sparing in that film as well. Yeah, they don't do it all the time.
0: No, because that's not what Ghostbusters is about. No, you're right. It's not actually about catching ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it isn't. It isn't. It isn't. Like this is the framework to hang those comedy performances off of, not, not the other way around You know.
1: Well, I don't think the people, you know, pushing it at the time, um, cared about that. They were just thinking about money because yeah. even the game. I did send you the trailer for the, their game. Yeah, I did. Did have a look at it. Yeah. I found it really weird that like, even at the time, like, why doesn't the game have the girls in it? Like. It's got this random other set of characters in it. It's got nothing to do with the film. They just have the same type of jumpsuits, and it's a very weird top-down game. Where it's kind of like another franchise of Ghostbusters or something. Like another team is (laughs) up.
0: Sony do weird shit. Basically, it
1: was very, it was very weird. Like it, it was what made it weirder was like when I, because at the time I was so into this film coming out, like I, I wanted this to be good. So I was looking at all the behind-the-scenes stuff a bit at the time, and they were so confident that this film was this was going to be do so well. Like They were talking about, like, they had built this whole um, office space for a whole new Ghostbusters section in Sony um, Studios mm. and stuff. Like It was like, this was going to be the thing. Don't you worry. <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean, I assumed it was going to be terrible. <laughs> but I assume all movies are going to be terrible. Uh, so... And then I'm pleasantly surprised if they're not, you know? Mm -hmm. But, yeah... uh, Rebooting Ghostbusters... It's it's like, why remake or reboot something that was perfect in the first place? It doesn't make any sense to me. If you're going to make a sequel or you're going to reboot something, you should be doing something different, you know? I don't think you should be making um, a sequel or a reboot... Unless you think you have a really good story that you want to tell within that pre-established properties
1: universe, I guess they, well, that was the confusing thing as well at the beginning because that first initial trailer talks about thirty years ago there mm. were four scientists, and immediately people were upset with just that that one line. feels like Winston wasn't a scientist. What?
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> very true, very true. And they
1: and they actually changed it in the second trailer to just say three scientists and something else like. <laughs> I'm like, oh yes, yeah. we we did our research, so don't, don't you worry. Yeah, um, like,
2: how
0: can you get that wrong? How can you get
1: that know. wrong? I don't know. It sh- shows shows a complete lack of understanding. It was very com- confused on what it was going to be because, from all intents and purposes, in the lead up, you thought it was a sequel, a passing of the torch, because we knew the Ghostbusters, the surviving members of the Ghostbusters were in the film, so yeah. we thought their purpose was passing the torch, but. That was not the case. They played completely different roles. I think Bill Murray dies, which was part of his his willingness to come back. So as long as he, he would come back, only if his character died. Yeah, um, a bit like
0: <laughs> a bit like um, Harrison Ford coming back as Han Solo.
1: Yes, yes, yes. Same exactly. kind of thing, really.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, Bill Murray just doesn't care. He's not interested.
1: Uh, well, they obviously did something now because they brought him back for the new film.
0: Well, that's a good segue. Mm-hmm. Should we talk about Ghostbusters Afterlife? Afterlife?
1: Do you want to go first? Um, <laughs> well, Ghostbusters Afterlife at the moment hasn't come out.
0: When this podcast goes out, um, it should be coming out maybe in a week or two. Well, there you go. As the time
1: of us um, recording this, we've only seen one or two trailers. I don't know if you've seen the other one.
0: Yeah, I think I've I've seen a trailer at the very least,
1: where we get a hint that this is sometime after the events of the first two Ghostbusters films. Yeah, twenty sixteen didn't happen, which is mm-hmm. good. Did did
0: the Ghostbusters computer game happen?
1: Uh, apparently, but it very well could redcom the computer game. Okay, yeah, and there's a a family in a country small town coming to like reclaim their grandfather's possessions. Yeah. Uh, and it's heavily hinted that the grandfather in question is Egon.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, that's given. We know that.
1: Yeah. We, that yes, that's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but to see what actually happens in the film is still kind of unclear. We just mm-hmm. get glimpses of what could be happening. The only thing I think that we know is something to do with Evo, Shandor and Gozo again, though something.
0: Yeah, because yeah, there's a, a mine shaft or something, isn't there? That's like with, yes, with Shandler written on it or something.
1: It, yeah.
0: yeah. Well, I think it looks okay. I, th- I think Sony are being cleverer about it this time than they were the last <laughs> time. It's like, you know, that failed and immediately they just go, right, let's reboot it again. <laughs> you know, okay. But um, it looks okay. It looks okay. They're clearly kind of going for a Stranger Things kind of vibe.
2: Mm-hmm
0: with kids being Ghostbusters, because the kids are going to end up being Ghostbusters. You kind of see it, like... Mm -hmm. And you've even got a guy from Stranger Things in it.
1: Yes. And
0: it's set in a kind of, like, a a small town, a bit like Stranger (laughs) Things was. So it it feels a bit like that. So at least it's not another lazy rehash of the original Ghostbusters.
1: Yeah, I think this is going to be the first time, you know, a live-action story is set outside of New York. Yeah. So... That in itself is quite interesting because it's, you know, like many other superhero films or films of a supernatural nature normally happens in a city, but this is quite
2: yeah
1: out in the middle of nowhere. So how that affects what happens in the film could be interesting, you know?
0: Yeah. I think it's a, it's a clever move to make it, I mean, it's what I was saying before, it's like make it different. Like, mm-hmm. don't constantly remind me, how inferior this movie is, or insulting it is to the original <laughs> Ghostbusters, because that's what that t- the 2016 one did. It was. It's just very constantly much going. Remember how good Ghostbusters was. Isn't this awful? <laughs> Why would you want to do that? So yeah. set it somewhere else. Set make it make it different. Make the you know. It looks like it could be a good movie on of it of its own right. It, mm. I mean, it could it could end up being terrible, but. It could be good, mm-hmm. and at least it's different. At least you're not com- constantly comparing it back to the original. It seems to have a different tone. There Doesn't seem to be very much humor in it. For example, it doesn't really seem to be a comedy.
1: Um, I to think it's more of a modern type of comedy, like probably a bit going back to a bit more dry humor than 2016's of fart jokes and stuff like that. I think it's going to be a probably B comedy, but not you know slapstick, you no. Know.
0: I think it might be a reaction to how wrong they got it with 2016.
1: Well, I bloody hope so. You know, <laughs> I, I mean, I know it
0: is. I know it is in general, but I mean, the fact the fact that the the, the trailer at least doesn't seem to have any comedy in it.
2: Mm,
0: yeah, I think there might be one joke the entire time. It doesn't feel like a comedy movie just from the trailer. It could be, but um, I don't think. I think it's probably going to be more played more straight than any previous tra- um, Ghostbusters movie.
1: Oh yeah, like I, I have said before in the podcast, I'm a big fan of trailers and when that first afterlife trailer came out i had goosebumps like just having the oh, what does he say the thing that peter says in the first film um when he's talking, convincing ray that they need to do something do something with his technology like it's call it fear no call it fate
2: for whatever reasons ray call it fate call it luck. call it karma
0: I believe that everything happens for a reason. I believe that we were
1: destined to get thrown out of this dump. For what purpose? To go into business for ourselves. That, that, that line, yeah. Oh, yeah. Someone says it in the trailer. Yes. And then you have the shot of Hector One running through the streets and the siren going. I was like, yep, yeah, I'm in. Good or bad, I'm going to see this film. I, love, I just love the way that trailer was edited. Oh, okay. I'm hopeful yeah I'm very hopeful
0: i don't I don't, I don't care <laughs> I just don't care if it's good, it's good. I don't need it to exist there's no there's no there's no need for anything other than the original ghostbusters movie to exist in my opinion It's all kind of diminishing returns after that
1: yeah. good or bad do you think that we will see another cartoon from it because there's a whole different world of Saturday morning cartoons now, like it would have to be a streaming thing.
0: Is there even a world of Saturday morning cartoons anymore? I don't know. I don't know. I don't think there'll be a cartoon.
2: Mm.
0: I mean, there'll be kids. I mean, there Might there might be a guess, but I find it unlikely.
1: I don't know. I mean, I guess it, it depends how well it does, but it'd be interesting if they, you know, do that again and have another type mm-hmm. of kids focused thing.
0: Yeah. One thing I'm not looking forward to in Afterlife is. The original Ghostbusters coming back
2: yeah.
0: I just think that that shouldn't that they should be avoiding that like the plague
1: because it worked it worked really well in the extreme Ghostbusters, and I couldn't find the episode to rewatch, but I do remember watching it as a child. and
0: yeah, but that's different. That's cartoons, isn't it? like yeah
1: and I, I, I know, but I mean the concept of the ghostbusters being retired mm. and having to come back for this big unusual threat and having to wear the gear again and everything. Mm. i mean on paper it sounds fine (laughs) Uh,
0: i don't know i don't know we'll see it might work i mean i think at best this is going to be a nice little addition to the ghostbusters franchise at worst it's going to be another thing that we have to forget about and uh (laughs) and then in two years time they'll try again (laughs) i think i'd have a much more positive reaction to it because you said you got goosebumps when you watched the the trailer. I don't get goosebumps when I watch any trailers generally, but what? I'm not a big fan <laughs> of trailers in general. I don't watch a lot of trailers, uh, and and I think trailers are usually very misrepresentative of the actual finished product. So yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. But I mean, I think I would have had a far more positive reaction to Afterlife, to the hype around Afterlife, to the fact that we've got the trailer. If the 2016 movie hadn't happened, because that was rubbish. Mm-hmm. So I've not got an awful lot of faith in this being good. It looks like it's definitely going to be better, but we just have to wait and see. I mean, this movie has a lot of cleaning up to do.
1: I mean, in all fairness, when I watched Ghostbusters 2016, mm-hmm. I, like, my friend of mine made me watch it. And I was so enraged and disgusted, I made us watch the first Ghostbusters film afterwards and I felt so much better you know it, mm-hmm. it, if you do watch Afterlife and it turns out not to be great my, my answer will be watching the first film again and you'll feel right as rain because that's that's what I did I mean
0: well that's exactly what I've been saying all
1: along <laughs> watch
0: the first one the first one's perfect who needs who needs more?
1: <laughs> it's a great it's a great film I
0: mean <laughs> my optics well, that was a breath of fresh air, wasn't it? A podcast not about Transformers. Whatever next? <laughs> Dave and I plan to do more of these in the future, but only if you, the listeners, demand it. So let us know what you thought. What other topics would you like to hear us weigh in on? How can you do that, you might ask? Well, on social media, of course. You can connect with us on Facebook, where there's an Arg My Optics page, and I'm on there as Orion Gear... And I'm on Twitter and Instagram. I am at Gear Orion and Orion underscore gear, respectively. Virtual Dave, where can they send you fan mail?
1: Uh, You can find me at virtualdave26 on Instagram.
0: Excellent. Don't forget that if you enjoyed this podcast, you can let us know by liking, subscribing, sharing, reviewing, etc., etc. We really appreciate it if you do. We, of course, thank all of you for listening. But would like to give a very special thank you to the musical genius that is The Viddy Printer for not only writing and recording the very outro music we are talking all over right now, but also at very short notice throwing together a, a sublime cover of the Ghostbusters theme tune by Ray Parker Jr. that you heard during the
1: intro. Don't you agree, Dave? Oh, it's brilliant. I mean, it's so brilliant I'm scared it will get us sued, but it's great. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, yeah. I'll
0: make sure to put in the credits uh, <laughs> that all rights reserved to uh, Ray Parker Jr. Well, thank you everybody for listening and please join us again next time on AG MY OPTICS! Optics!